0: And it's Carmine of Peace, even though I don't look like Carmine of Peace, I am Carmine of Peace. And uh, you're listening to Tom and Zeus on the Shout It Out Loud cast. So keep listening, keep rocking. Oh boy.
1: Here we go. Oi. This is Put that cookie down, kids. Stop pressing the button. Star.
2: Parker, Simmons. Star? Paul oh, Stanley. Wait, is that what he does? Stop shouting. I hey, Ace He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh, no. Here come the kiss times. Is that a positive game? thing?
1: Okay. All right. I'm going to grab me an ice-cold mellow
2: Hey! Why? Why do that to the fan? Stop it. Why? Because fuck them. Talking about 617 525 You do! Hey, fucko! Do you like Kiss? Settle down. Hello! Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 168. We're calling this one Kiss Vision and Roy Damn damn (laughs) damn
3: damn
2: well before we get into all this
1: how about that unbelievable new intro huh
2: yes that is from the one and only mr tom dust i'm sure you guys have seen him online always playing with his guitar he's always touching at him pulling (laughs) at his pants no he's always playing his guitar um Great listener, great friend of the show. He um, he sent us this idea and we worked with him a little bit and he dealt with our OCD and we were like he almost got inside our brain, Tom, to pull it like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It started with that thing that we posted. We did the uh, the torpedo boys and he kind of created a a thing and we said and we reached out to him. We said, dude, you could you could put together a, a crazy new intro for us. So we, we've been working on this back and forth and we can't thank him enough. He nailed it, hit it out of the park. Tom's awesome on Twitter. He's all, like you said, he's always posting videos of him playing guitar. He's a huge kiss fan in general. And uh we can't thank him enough. We hope you guys get a kick out of it. Cause it's making us laugh when we hear that intro. It's fucking hilarious.
2: We love it. He, he got like every major, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty We didn't think of like yeah. things that we've said every catchphrase yeah yeah and you know the funny thing is that we had one that had like tom said what did you say about go ahead see it, it was a peter
1: north it was like ah peter north turned someone into a glazed donut <laughs> Tory wasn't yeah. yeah and tom was like guys I got to draw the line at the Peter North comment. I'm not making that part of your intro.
2: <laughs> and we're like, okay, we get it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, but he uh, he sent us this, and it's fucking, again, it's a testament to our awesome listeners and uh, you, the Kiss Army, the loudcasters out there, yep. that we get shit like this constantly, and it's always overwhelming, whether it's a meme, whether it's a fucking whether it's a uh, a song that someone creates and puts our words into it, it's just amazing. You guys are amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's another like glorious day here at the Bender family. Oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> See, this is what you get when you spill paint in the garage.
2: Yes. Oh, oh but I got homework. Son? Yeah, dad. How'd you like to go fishing? That's okay. Bring it on the boat. Oh, <laughs> j- oh j- honey. Isn't life great? Yes, dear. Oh. Shut up, bitch. Give me a fucking turkey chicken pot pie or whatever he says. We could quote that movie all the time. However, we won't. We would be amiss if we didn't bring up the fact that our favorite movie turned 50. Oh, oh. Ugh. Uh, not this one. I'm Not that one. <laughs> that, that's not 50. We were, we were, Tom and I started this video and I'm like, and I had Godfather 2 scene going. Uh, and I'm like, we sit there and we were just dissecting it. Just bear with us. At some point, there'll be a Godfather type thing on this show. And it Mikey, won't be- let's hit him now while we got the muscle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, uh, we we're watching Pantangeli. And no manja Las Vegas. And no manja Miami. going <laughs> Hyman Rod, Don Caglione. Chichi. Abort. Abort. <laughs> oh.
1: Frankie Five Angels. Frankie,
2: I like you. You're loyal to my father for many years. He's the best. You spit in my face. All because they backed up. I can't yeah. say that. I can't say that yeah anyway uh the godfather turned 50 our favorite movie on this show yep and uh as we talked about many times uh the godfather in kiss kind of coincide and there's a little bit of a little trivia if you how do you connect the godfather besides us saying that ace is fredo or something um how do you connect the godfather with kiss and what is that tom
1: yeah, the wonderful Carmine Caridi was the the uh, the park owner or whatever, the guy that runs the park in Phantom of the Park, and he's yeah. in the Godfather movies. So you can play, if you can connect Kiss and the Godfather, you can pretty much connect
3: Kiss anything. I think he's uh, Carl R- 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 R-
2: R- Rosato. He's one of the Rosato brothers. And the
1: Rosato I-
3: brothers. Uh-
2: Carmine Caridi. Commenza promised him nothing. Who gots? <laughs> He hated those sons of bitches more than I did. And in uh, addition to that, he also is a rarity that he plays another Don in Godfather three in that helicopter uh, hit that they do. He's one of the Godfathers around the table and he issues the famous line issued before about wetting his beak, wetting his beak. Yes.
3: Yes. I yep, like, like to the-
2: get a little pin from the Pope. Like Don Fanucci. Uh, Joey Zaza. Oh, <laughs>
1: That helicopter scene, part three, it's pretty much the only thing that's really good oh, about
2: that no, movie. Oh, there's a, all the Joey Zaza. Hey, Joey, oh, fuck you. Yeah. Who's going to win the car? You're on? <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? Hey, Joey Ooh, Zaza. Up your
3: <laughs> Oh.
2: Run, Joey, you piece of shit. Oh, that's a great part. Part three
1: takes a beating. I mean, it should for the most part, but it's it's not it's as- just not
2: as good. It's still a good movie because exactly. like I said, I always say that like Star Wars, I can see RT Dutu taking a shit and I'll still yeah. watch it. Oh yeah, yeah. Same yeah. thing with the godfather characters. You have yeah. something there, they can do a backstory on fucking Clemenza's nephew. Yeah. And, and then they fucking watch it.
1: And they re-released Godfather three on, they came out and with it.
2: The, and it is very different. Oh, yeah, It the, is different. Yeah. They call the whole story a little different. Yeah. The death of Michael Corleone yeah. is like the He's,
1: subtitle of it. Yeah. He
2: fucking slaps. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Andy Garcia. Andy thing. Garcia. And he yeah. Goes like, Bastardo. Yeah. <laughs> he it's, and he oh. Bites his fucking ear off. Oh, <laughs> there's some good parts there. No, there is not on that level, but there's some no. good parts in there. Exactly. Um, Anyways, let's get off the Godfather because we got a lot of other shit to get to. Yep. Uh, Tom, we had a huge episode. These off the soundboard episodes are like, oof. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I know, And we try to be honest. If they put out a good one, we'd be honest about it. Yeah, there was a lot of fucking people agreeing with how bad it is. As a matter of fact, I don't recall anyone really saying, oh, what are you talking about? What That's are you talking about? Great album,
1: Looking great. Oh. I I was joking with Zeus before we record. I said we should offer somebody a shout out loudcast t shirt if it's, they can find one positive review of <laughs> Off the Soundboard Virginia Beach. Oh, are you kidding me?
2: Super fan would be like, "Paul oh, was the greatest." That's not a
1: review. I'm talking about <laughs> you know another podcast, another publication. Somebody out there. No, other everybody than hated like, it.
2: Everyone I know they, hated it. They, yeah, they did. Hated it, but they all bought it. Of course, because <laughs> we're all kiss tards, and more we're all news.
1: one big happy kiss tard family. And and you'll be happy to know, Zeus, I got my green vinyl, and it still oh. sounds like shit.
2: <laughs> well, I'm in the mood to listen to something green
1: today. Yeah, I'd rather listen to a bowl of puke that's green, and it's it's going to sound the same.
2: All right, we did a poll, our usual poll. What what was that, Tom?
1: Yeah, so we wanted to know what you guys would w- like to have. For the next off the soundboard release, because that's the big talk. You know, they did 2001, 2004. Everybody's like, they're going in the wrong direction. Go backwards, not forward. So we threw out options, something from the Harder Than Hell Tour, Spirit of 76, Destroyer Tour, Unmasked Tour, Asylum Tour. Asylum Tour was the big winner here. We got a lot of votes on this one. This was 33%. Unmasked, 23. Spirit of 76, 27. Harder Than Hell, 15. Um, percentage points i'm reading this off the web off the uh, web-based twitter not the uh, app-based twitter so uh, so that shows you right there you got about almost 60 percent of the votes want to see eric Carr uh and one of these off the soundboard so you know no big surprise there um a couple quick comments here uh john gross says for me if it's not the animalized tour i'd pick asylum just because the set list would include stuff like fits like a glove young and wasted our buddy Steve I went with Asylum anything with Eric should get an official release um a lot of people it's they just want they want Eric Francisco Blackwell is a new name I haven't seen <laughs> uh hotter than hell tour or the full Detroit 92 alive 3 with all the songs okay CC Storm something from Hot in the Shade tour yeah that, that I'd love that too um Tampa fan 11. While the original lineup is great, they've been enough live albums and DVD. Uh, Asylum is one of my favorite albums. And the lack of a live release from that lineup is criminal. Yes. A lot of people saying that they love that lineup and they love, uh, they love Eric. I mean, you can't argue with that. So uh, that Asylum was the big runaway on that. Um, We'll get into a couple of episode specific comments. A lot of people had stuff to say about this uh, release and what it sounded like, et et cetera, et cetera. Twisted Kister. I usually listen to the episodes on Saturday morning. Sometimes I fall asleep while doing so. Thanks. <laughs> no, but he says no. No, he says, no fault of the conde of the content. But I dreamed of Roger Goodell was there with you two and me discussing Paul's performance on a hundred thousand years. I'll listen again. Did you mention him? I'm pretty sure we did not mention Roger Goodell, but thank you for listening to us while falling asleep. <laughs> Um, Casey says, listen to this on Apple music. Why put this out? Paul sounds bad. Now we know why they have vocal tracks. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Casey. Yikes. Um, party man. I didn't purchase this one. I hate how they shove stuff like this down our throats, claiming there is a huge demand for it. We want tons of other stuff from the seventies, eighties and nineties. Not this (laughs) Graham Richley. I'll use the spinal tap two word review shit sandwich. Oof. Uh, MD says I haven't been interested in either of these soundboard releases simply because of the lineups on them. And I'm sure I'm not alone, but I got to thank you guys for the public service of enduring and reviewing them. Thus confirming my decision to stay the fuck away from this shit. Ouch. Oh, and then this is one of my favorite comments. This is from revolver Benji. He says, no idea what the issue is with this. I mean, apart from it being a below average performance from the DV, which was transferred onto a VHS tape, then recorded off a black and white TV onto a cassette and then played down a Nokia cell phone from 1984, which was then ripped onto the CD I got. apart from that, it's great. Oh, nice. Um, and our buddy hot hotter than piss, we know who that is. Uh, he just says trash. Martin Rio, I don't get why they would release this unless they wanted to document the era where a band where at its lowest. I'm listening to this, you could tell that this was just a gig and they had no fun doing this. Oof <laughs> This guy, his Twitter handle, I think is Doctor Two. He says, I can't wait to buy this after your glowing review. Eh, it's okay. Flat Stanley, I heard this shit on YouTube. It's horrible. <laughs> Paul blocked me because I tweeted something awful about the release and how bad it was. A few hours later, I got a notification that Gene liked it. Was he being serious or ironic? I'm confused. Wow. Oh, and then we had a couple people chiming in about the record store day thing. And about, remember, we talked about CDs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they release a couple things every once in a while. They released a a cassette box set. I don't know what the hell you're going to do with that. Um, And a couple other people said that they occasionally will throw in some kind of special edition CD. Um, Yeah, so that's some Twitter stuff. Uh, Again, generally speaking. Nobody really got a kick out of this other than to have added to the collection, so that's what we got on Twitter,
2: Zeus all right, well, over on uh let's start with Instagram this time, and our buddy metal Mike nineteen seventy says dog shit <laughs> Come on uh, on the book of face, Tom, yeah, holy negativity, our buddy Kevin jepsen, Uh oh. I know this is a running joke, but seriously, do you even like kiss <laughs> puts three laughing emojis? Okay. What the fuck is wrong with us? Kiss tards. All we do is complain. But this is justified. We buy the shit. We have the right to complain. It's not good. Just like the tired sirens in the firehouse. Anyway, um, yeah, I know. What do you want us to do? I mean, are we supposed to like act like, you know, those, you know, there are cheerleading podcasts out there like, oh, kiss released off the soundboard. Yeah, I bought it. What version do you buy? Oh, I bought the vinyl. OK, that's the discussion. Come no. on. No, it's it, other it, kiss podcasts that I've heard were just as fucking negative on this as we were.
1: They um, may not have spent as much time breaking it down track by track, but they did not like it no one did and 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 having some fun with the band i mean let's be serious about negativity for god's sakes we're, we're we're you know 170 something episodes or 160 something episodes into a kiss podcast you don't think we love this band more than anything the amount of time we spend on it but no. we said this. No, we don't, we don't. We don't. We don't. We hate the band. And we said this in our very, very first introductory episode. We love the band, but we're going to tell you when something is stupid, silly, bad, shitty, funny, etc. That's what you
2: get. You get everything on here. Yeah. So and that's it, you. That's what I like to think, Tom. Uh, for us, we have we we check off a lot of boxes. Yes, we're not. You know, there are and we've talked about this. We've praised many of the other podcasts out there. If you want to do like something about. Uh, breaking down the minutia of the elder, you know the podcast to go to for that. Absolutely.
1: Stuff. And it's great and, for that.
2: And yep. if you want somebody that fucking interviews, like, gets huge guys on their show, you know the podcast to go for that. Stuff. Exactly. But if you just want to listen and talk about Kiss and laugh your fucking ass off, I'm sorry. It's, you know where to go. You know, yeah, exactly. And there's and, never uh, been a moment where where we're, like, negative
1: just for the sake of negative entertainment i mean i'll use the same example when we last week when we were talking about it. we were viewed paul stanley soul station i guarantee there were people being like i can't wait to listen to this episode these guys are going to destroy this guess what we both liked it a lot and that's how it is if we like something i'm sorry if you if you're upset in any way that we destroyed off the soundboard then i can't help you because this virginia beach thing is literally the worst thing they've ever officially released in my opinion so that being Ooh, said really? oh it is
2: oh quality wise. Quality wise, okay. It's, it's, I, I was gonna say they've released Shandy in a world without heroes. Oh, uh, dude, I would listen to a <laughs> box set of
1: just those two songs before I ever listen to this. <laughs> Shandy,
2: a box set, like those Elvis fucking box sets that I have. Yeah. <laughs>
3: It's <laughs> it's I beg of you, song.
2: <laughs> take number sixty-two. Like, dude, what the fuck? Don't tell me this has unreleased tracks and it's sixty-two takes of the same fucking song.
1: No, I would listen to sixty-two versions of the exact same recording before I listen to Virginia <laughs> Beach.
2: <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah, it's just, just to uh, uh, put a bow on that shit. Yeah, guys, settle the fuck down, okay. Like everyone getting all too like a mojo. Oh, what the fuck? You're hurting my image of the band. Come on. These are the same
1: people that prefer to listen to like Louis Anderson instead of Dave Chappelle. <laughs> it's safe. It's it's fun, family oriented comedy.
2: I'm a Jeff Foxworthy type of listener. You might be a kiss start if. <laughs> Actually, Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> is funny. He's kind of funny. <laughs> Let's play that. That could be another episode. You might be a kiss, (laughs) hard if. Aorta. (laughs) They had to cut that grass down by the ball field. Somebody's (laughs) going to get hurt if they don't. (laughs) Whatever
3: you fucking love those (laughs) (laughs) things.
2: Anyways, go ahead. (laughs) Getting down to this thing. Uh, Do the rest of these. Let's see. Mick Watkins. Just finished listening, and sadly, I have to say, I've got to agree with you. Crack me up how you guys brought up all of Gene's randoms. Oh, yes! <coughs> and I like it. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. So far, this is pretty dreadful listen. I saw this tour. I had the instant live from the Cincinnati gate, and it sounds way better than this. I'm really struggling with Kiss Tardation because I don't want to pay 70 bucks for that green vinyl now. But man, my collection won't be complete. Fuck. Mick, I'll sell you mine for 65 Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Right Between the Eyes podcast. Another Kiss podcast. That's guys. pretty cool. You guys can take a listen to those guys. Absolutely. Right Between the Eyes podcast. Yep. Um, the funniest thing is that the actual Virginia Beach Instant Live is not too bad. Whoever mixed this should be fired. Four songs from the DVD are from this show. Christine 16, She, Tears Are Falling, and War Machine. Even on here, those songs so- sound okay, but on the actual instant live in the DVD, they sound great. Also, the Japanese bonus edition of RTN DVD,
3: Rock, Rock the Nation. Nation, Yep,
2: it comes with a three-song CD, King of the Nighttime World and Psycho Circus are from this show, And again, they sound really good. Off the soundboard, Virginia Beach is overly compressed, and the mixes are horrible. Eric's vocal track is almost completely missing from this. Again, on the Instant Live and DVD, he's there. Again, referring to the four songs used for the DVD. What a train wreck. Awesome post.
1: Yeah, let me just say this, and and I agree. We talked about this a little bit. Now, we have the Instant Live from our boston area show not the exact virginia Beach. and i brought brought that up i said my instant live cd it sounds good i i i have it i I uploaded it onto my phone onto my apple music it sounds good the band sounds better the quality of the recording sounds better that's why when i heard this i was stunned that it sounded horrible not just vocally or musically but like sonically recording wise it sounded like trash so i'm like you're going to tell me that the Instant live that you guys burned in the back of an RV of the parking lot of the venue sounds better than this.
2: So yeah, yeah. I like how he talked about the fact that you can't hear Eric because we talked about like Kisses backing vocals are always point on point, nice, great job. It's probably because they are missing Eric. Remember, when I'm like, who the fuck his voice is voices? Is that gotta be Tommy? Does he yep. sound that shitty? What yep. do they do? Forget to put Eric's vocal shit onto this onto this uh album. Because it would make sense that that's what's fucking missing. Like they yeah. fucked up somewhere along yeah. the line.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I but, know but what that- it is.
2: but great, great um, post. Thank you. Right between the eyes podcast. Go give them a listen.
1: Yeah. Good guys. Uh, really good show. And I think by the time you hear this, their uh off the soundboard episode may already be out. So check them out because they do a nice job breaking it down. They're a good, a good bunch of guys. So check them
2: out. You sound like the fucking hotel manager in Revenge of the Nerds, too. Yeah, they, they, they're they good nerds. I They're good guys. Good I guys. didn't say good nerd. They're good kiss tards like us because they have a kiss podcast. You yeah, know, you said good. Yeah, they're, they're good guys. They're good guys. Good nerds. Af- uh, good guys.
1: After all, you're nerds. <laughs> you got to do the chuckle. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you're nerds. <laughs> <laughs> right to their face. That's the. Oh, boy. But no, Adam, they're, good, they're good guys. Adam Nirenberg. I'm listening to this episode and I'm dying. If you can fucking say olfactory nerve, then get the fuck off my back for saying left justified. We're mostly all Uh, about 45 years old and know what the fuck Excel is.
1: Relax, for God's sakes. Again, with his fucking Microsoft 365 office rants.
2: (laughs) Settle down, Bill Gates. Anyways, I I saw this show in Phoenix. For the occasion, I dressed like Eric Carm, full gear. I had a few call out Eric, and for every one of those, I would have another two asking, which one are you? I would tell them that Eric replaced Peter until his death in 91, adding on the same day as Freddie Mercury. Eventually, I had a frustration with so many people asking. In the back of my mind, I'm saying, why the fuck are you here? I also remember this was a good set list, especially the return of Unholy. Mm. I also remember hearing, what song is that? Well, I was going bonkers because I hadn't heard this song live since the Revenge Tour. Again, why the fuck are you here? The only other time I heard this kind of silence during Unholy was when I saw Kiss at the Ritz in New York City during the warm-up club tour because nobody knew the song. My best friend at the time had an advanced cop, so knew it, and everyone else around was standing there with their mouths gapped open in disbelief of the awesomeness of the song. Flash forward 12 years. It's one of the newest songs in the set, and a bathroom break for the audience. This is why KISS won't break out great songs in the set list. The audiences aren't diehards. They're Fairweather and newbies who only know the hits. This was their last good set list. I wouldn't see the band again until the Sonic Boom Tour in 2009, which was my son's first show.
1: Wow. Interesting. Like it.
2: Yeah, we're fucking hitting it out of the park with these comments so far.
1: Awesome. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh boy. Trouble.
2: (laughs) Trouble. <laughs> Let me guess. We hit a fucking Tim Bream. Oh, boy. Did someone say bang tango? I love bang tango.
3: Ugh.
2: Kyle Kyle is one of the most underrated bass players ever. Mark Knight and Kyle Stevens rip on guitar. Totally love them. Okay. So, so what we're learning is that <laughs> Tim Bream is a sunny pooty burner account. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I think bigger, tango. Is I a that that new fan.
1: I think the bigger issue is that he actually knows the band members' names.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, I've never heard anybody fucking point out that a band is awesome and that the first person they point out in the band is the bass player? What the fuck? And he mentions the guitar because he doesn't mention the singer, at, at least vocalist. That's depending. smart. Have you heard uh, them? I, yeah, I'm all set. Um, Ryan, Michael, Scott, fucking Spencer Cook. <laughs> um, <laughs> this show should be reminded to some if the band is still performing and physically ready to go, except Paul lip syncing. He sounded on. like he was in pain during this time. in kiss. the intro psycho circus from you guys was hilarious. <laughs> Funny and great review. After the two disappointing releases in the soundboard series, which show do you guys think will, will be released next? Which one do I think? I think they're going to release another one from this fucking, from this lineup. I do.
1: Honestly, you're right. You bring up a good point. You, It's one of those things like you hope that they're going to do the right thing, but you know, you're right. When they release, uh, you know, off the soundboard, 2006, Carson City, Nevada, we're going to be like, what the fuck is this show? Yep. And- They need to to go backwards. They need to do something from the 90s, or or at least, I mean, obviously a dream would be something from Asylum or whatever, hot in the shade, but I I don't think we're ever going to get that.
2: Raymond Gallus, I have no interest in purchasing anything from the original lineup, nor the current lineup. The material is tired, and Paul's voice today pretty much makes it unlistenable. Wake me when they give me quality board recordings from the Eric Carr, Bruce Kulick area. I'm there. Until then, don't bother.
1: Yeah, You know, this is one of those instances because the feedback for Virginia Beach is so universally horrible that you would love to think that somebody's getting back into the kiss camp and being like, guys, eh, this this didn't do well. And they're going to be like, yeah, who fucking cares? Everybody bought it.
0: Yeah.
2: Tom, I, I should have added this to uh, Tim Bream's earlier comment, but I will add this. Oh, boy. After listening to this episode, I went on YouTube and gave it a listen because, you know, we ain't buying it. This shit is horrendous. <laughs> Where is the quality control when it comes to releasing this crap? I gotta agree with y'all. Paul's a part of the selection process. Surely, Paul isn't, I'm assuming he's trying to say part of the... Surely he wouldn't want to hear all this croaking. They need to go back and release stuff from the 80s when Paul's vocals were fine. I'll take crazy nights tour recording over this any day. Me too. Darren Hunt, I feel I should mention Lisa Sparks is from here. (coughs) I used to see her in the bars all the time in my Ooh. younger days. Oh,
1: boy. And is that the end of the story, Darren?
2: That's Do you have anything it. else you want to tell us? Yeah. nice. That's it. Mike Reese. Just my personal opinion. But the reason the pacing is on, on most of these songs is so slow is because just the year before, they were playing with Peter. Ooh. That was the biggest disappointment for me with the reunion tour. Peter just couldn't keep up. And it slowed them down. Interesting theory, I like it. Might be onto something there, buddy. Julian James put the picture up now again of a uh, shouted-out loudcast uh, potential Hall of Famer Tom Byron with the <laughs> new teeth. Who this picture?
3: <laughs> oh, <man. laughs>
2: oh, Jesus! Oh boy! Oh. Anyways, over on loudcasters, Tom. Um. Four-word review from Jason Leonard. Not a good performance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike Murphy says, this episode had her laughing so hard, the tears messed up her mascara. I think that's the fat one that you liked. That's Lisa Sparks. Is it? Yeah. She doesn't look fat. Her face doesn't look.
1: That's because that was before she started putting on all the LBs.
2: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Before she became a podcaster? (laughs) Bill Bernard, thank God I have Spotify. I didn't have to buy this piece of shit. Embarrassingly bad.
1: Oh, come on, man. Wow.
2: Um, Graham Richley, I can't believe this can't have been run by Paul for quality assurance. I mean, who puts out albums that actually detract from the band's legacy? This series should be called Off Their Rockers as they were insane to release them. This effort makes Tokyo sound like Kiss Alive. He's unbelievable.
1: Right. That's a great point. I said I I was not a fan of Tokyo at all, but I'm believe it's like a hundred times better than Virginia Beach.
2: Tom, I think I have a positive comment. Oh God. Stephen Wood. oh boy. I actually enjoyed this more than Tokyo. Maybe it's about temper and expectations. I like the set list. There were a few if any vocal effects used some echo later on. So it was a little bit rough vocally for sure. I bought Tokyo and didn't buy this one, but I think I will buy it now. Having said all that, it's likely to get any sort of regular rotation. One thing I agree with the Shout Out Loudcast review about this is the pedestrian pace of the songs. Ace does it too. I wish you at least keep the original tempos. I love the guitar tone on Making Love especially.
1: Wow. Poor Steven.
2: Matt Wallace. Here it comes. Virginia Beach off the soundboard has to be the most embarrassing thing I've ever listened to. Pure fucking garbage. Hold on a minute. I just finished crapping and I need to wipe my tar tunnel. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, my God. It can't be the ever elusive ghost of a chance shit. Oh, is he a Rush fan? That's a Rush song. What's a ghost of a chance shit? You ask? Oh, no. That's when you shit so hard and intense that your ass gets absolutely soaked <laughs> from the splashing toilet water. As you wipe, you notice that the tissue is completely clean. You look in the bowl, also notice there's no mud or logs to be found. Just crystal clear water. Were they ghost logs or ghost mud? I don't know. I feel like I've been blessed. Am I the chosen one?
1: You <laughs> might want to have that looked at, buddy. <laughs> ghost of a chance. Yeah. Rush fan. I like it.
2: Over on YouTube, YouTube. Devin Dungan. Great episode, guys. I have my complaints about the release, but I'm just happy to see them releasing something new. And overall, I liked it for what, I, for what it was. I found it very interesting that they edited parts of the release. The bass solo is edited out, and some of the stage banter is edited out on disc two in particular. In conclusion, I dug the release. I'm looking forward to the next one. I was expecting a release with the current lineup sooner or later in the series, but this one was kind of surprising. I kind of expected something from End of the Road Tour, honestly, compared to this.
1: Oh, God, imagine that. That would have been... That would have been ball. You know, what would be great if they did off the soundboard Dubai, just as a <laughs> fuck you to everybody. <laughs>
2: uh, I think we counted, to Tom. It's 448 days since Dubai concert. Uh, and people still don't have the Dubai thing. We'll do, uh, each week, we'll
1: do a breaking news alert, like the like a ticker. <laughs>
2: Dubai, still not received. Cornelius Jung or Young. I don't know how you pronounce it. Okay. I'm glad to have a new Kiss Park, but holy shit. This is hard on the ears. I enjoyed the DVD, so I hope this might not sound so bad. Boy, was I mistaken. Ouch. I did, however, enjoy 100,000 years. Hopefully, the next release is a better performance and be a lot more worth the Who cash we dish out. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's a typo or not. Whatever. (laughs) I don't get it. But uh, top-notch review, fellas. By the way, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles original series is the tits. What's your favorite turtle or character?
1: Is that a serious question? <laughs> I don't know. I've never watched one thing in my life involving yeah, a the teenage past, Ninja they Turtles. They
2: were past our time. Yeah. We growing yeah. up. Like they weren't around. No. Um, Jason Leonard, do you like Peter? Literally spit out my coffee <laughs> laughing. Johnny, be good. These off the soundboard releases. So far, I've been a massive disappointment. I can't think of one reason why I would want to spend a of money on recordings of Stanley Eisen struggling vocally and sounding like Gonzo from The Muppet Show. Oh, God. Until these soundboard releases start including shows from the 70s, 80s, or even some of the 90s, I won't even bother listening to them on YouTube, let alone buying them. Listening to you guys break down the sheer trust and embarrassment of these recordings is enough for me to keep my wallet shut. It's a good point. Mr. Antonio 2005, sorry for the rant. The -the off-the-soundboard releases remind me of Major League Sports franchises that put out an inferior product on the field, trade their young stars so they don't have to pay them, and refuse to compete or attract free agent talent to be competitive, thus alienating their dedicated fan base. Why does KISS bother with these releases? Put some effort into the project. Get people that know the band and understand what works. This will help attract new and old fans. It starts with the album cover to sound quality to the tour selection. This album failed on all three fronts. Wake up, kiss, whoever owns the project. There are other soundboard recordings that blow these two last releases out of the water. And if you have to spend the rights to get them live shows, then just do it. Good point. Marty White. I was a caddy at one of the most prestigious golf courses in Virginia Beach. The day before the show, Tommy and Paul went golfing. I was Tommy's caddy. Tommy was using Titleist golf balls. Tommy sometimes had a horrible slice caused by years of pigeon-toed walking like ace. Oh, boy. One of those balls went way out in the woods. We went looking for it. Just into the woods was a weird-looking, bloated, being unconscious and struggling to breathe. Do you think that's a beach whale Asked Tommy? If so, we're going to need a marine biologist. So following all my training, if we found somebody passed out, we were to roll them up, face up and call for help. Tommy helped me roll the being over. It turns out it was a thing that looked uncomfortable combination of <laughs> Joyce DeWitt and Hillary oh Clinton.
1: Oh, Jesus.
2: Looks like there's something in his mouth. Tommy said, I reached to clear the obstruction. Holy shit. I yelled. What is it? Tommy asked your title list. Seriously, though, I get the point of the warts and all live recordings, but if the vocals are as out of tune as you say, either pick a different show or pitch correct damn vocals. Any moron can do it. It's not difficult. I can do it. I've done it. It's annoying but simple. I know they don't want to put money into these, but any idiot in an audio uh, production program at a community college can do it, and they'd be happy to do it for nothing. They could probably get internship credit for it. And could list the experience on their resumes when they apply for a job at a cable company. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. A lot of feedback because this was. Yeah. um, This brought out a lot of reaction from the KISS Army.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. We'll fly through a couple of emails here and then we'll get going. So we got another one from our buddy, Keith Weitzel, who told us how to pronounce his name correctly. Uh, great episode. Couldn't agree with you more on how lazy this release is. While well, I'm grateful the band is releasing them, I feel more effort can be put forth to provide a broader range of eras to be represented. I wanted to revisit a topic that I brought up on my last email. Instead of did Vinnie Vincent save Kiss, I think we should ask, did Shout It Out Loudcast save Kiss podcasts? Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoa, boy. <laughs> So many KISS podcasts out there, and you guys have pulled away from the other boring KISS podcast, uh, but we appreciate that, Keith. Thank you. And thank you for telling us how to pronounce your name. We, uh, we, we always mess up people's names because we have last names that get messed up all the time, too. Uh, we got Michael Farrow. Uh, my copy just arrived before your episode. I listened to your show first and then my CD on the way home. Uh, the instant live was fantastic that I had. I was hoping you guys were being too harsh with your comments. Every croaking moment you guys highlighted was very visible, unfortunately. I'm currently re-watching Rock the Nation Live, and it is a whole new world. They definitely did a lot of editing before releasing it. The vocals did improve as the show moved along, thankfully. Where is the disconnect between the DVD and the new CD? Oh, well, I'm still glad I bought it because I have to have it all. Thanks for another fun show, Your Honesty and Laughs. Every Saturday after lunch break is S-I-O-L time as I work the line at Ford. Long live King! Matt Wallace is an SIOL legend. Tom and Zeus, you guys are the best. Michael Farrow. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Um, Rush is Lee Lifeson Peart. I love that one. Titled, Oh, that what he does. Thank you for your honesty on the latest soundboard release. Even though it's tempting to buy because it's an official release, your review has convinced me otherwise. Oh <laughs> boy, he goes, <laughs> I'm sure this is he-
2: gonna get mad at us. He just said so he just
1: yeah, he just boys. said, I'm sure Gene is probably very happy about your review. Um, then he says, uh, Tom, you are correct. They're going in the wrong direction when it comes to these releases. Everyone wants the core four or even a great Eric Carr show, the holy grail probably being the palladium if it was ever recorded. Um, PS Zeus's constant falsetto, Paul, was truly hysterical and right on. All right, and then we got our buddy Justin Steele, guys. In the words of Zeus, what the fuck, you guys said it all. It sounds not great. Paul's voice. Holy crap. Every song is slow and just a poor performance in general. Um, The best thing about this is the set list. Um, I will always love kiss. Not this version so much, but it's sadly been over for a long time. Great job, guys. Justin Steele. Uh, And then we finish off our emails with Daniel LeBlanc. Uh, I originally wasn't going to get a copy, but a local record shop had one. I like the idea of supporting small businesses and the track listing. Looked interesting. Uh, my original thought was to purchase a copy, hoping others would do the same, and just maybe the record company would take the hint that KISS fans are not interested in soundboard recordings of their recent shows. I love your review. I'm going to listen to the review again and listen to each album track by track. Um, then he talks about Record Store Day, how they did occasionally do compact discs uh, every once in a while because that was our question of the week last week. Daniel LeBlanc, thank you very much. And then we're going to finish off feedback with our buddy Clark Side of the Moon. On Twitter. And he says, You know, it's going to be a good day when you get to sport your new Shout It Out Loudcast t shirt. Thanks, Click T Shop. Peace out, Girl Scout. And he posts a very cool selfie of him sporting the official Shout It Out Loudcast logo t shirt. Clark Side of the Moon, you're the man. Thank you so much. And for this, you are comment of the week.
3: Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. We're going to be watching you.
2: <laughs> yeah, we love it when you guys do that. And I'll be honest with you, uh, I, I saw that but it always puts a big smile on my face. If you guys want, we've we've asked you. Let us know. We're happy to put those photos. We have a section on our website for loudcasters. So if you have, you're have you wearing your shirt and uh, Clark's side of the moon wants us to put that image up, we will do it. And if you want to put up a picture of your guitar with our Shout Out Loudcast logo, anything, just send us a DM, email it to us at shoutoutloudcast@gmail.com at gmail.com and uh, tell us it's okay to use it. We'll do it. Happy yep. to do it for you guys. We appreciate it and keep sending them in. We love them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. That's awesome when you guys get that stuff, take pictures of it, post it. We love it. Thank you so much. And thank you, specifically, Clark's side of the moon. Love it.
2: Yeah. Tom, what we do next is we always give a shout out to our friends on Patreon. Yep. And our Patreon friends and family, because that's what's become out there, a family uh has tremendously helped our show. Uh, they contribute. There's four different tiers. And Amongst those tiers are different things that we do back, uh, whether it be a T-shirt or a video or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I think we have uh, a upcoming um, video chat coming up with the demon tier. That's going to be a a beer social or whatever that's else right. is your poison for our demon tier. And uh, we just uh, we just can't say enough about our Patreon people. We started this just over a year ago. Uh, and we're you know 40 people deep. Yep. Uh we just added another person, uh Jeff Kinsley. Jeff just joined us. I believe he's a Star Child. Star Child. That's right. Love it. Um, Jeff, thank you so much for joining, and we really appreciate it. welcome to the craziness that is our patreon family and uh with the patreon membership you get all sorts of uh input on the show as far as our march madness tournament which we'll get to in a little bit um uh you guys get to pick an album that we'll do on the album review crew uh next month is mine and the following month will be back to patreon so Starting in April, we're going to be sending out the alert notices to everyone on Patreon. Get your selection ready for what the next album to be reviewed on ARC will be. If you want to jump in on that, you want to get in on the beer social, you want to get in on the shirts, you want to get in on the stickers and everything else that comes involved in our Patreon family, join. There's a link right on our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. There is the Patreon app there's uh patreon the website p a t r e o n com and in the episode notes there's a link to patreon uh come check us out we love having you guys and uh we hope you enjoy and uh have some fun with us
1: absolutely jeff kinsley thank you so much for joining the family patreon you guys are all amazing uh yes we just actually f- talked about this last night we're going to do something special for uh our demon tier people and uh we're going to have a little bit of a video social Uh, We're going to talk about that. Well, guys, uh, we'll send you more information, more specific details about that. Um, You know, get online together. Whoever can make it, hang out, talk about the tournament, talk about KISS, talk about whatever, uh, and just have some fun together. And, you know, the Patreon, the involvement continues. Again, the tournament, ARC, different things you can get involved in, you know, voting on Flashback Friday photos, getting sneak peeks into the upcoming episode, uh, merch, all different kinds of perks. So please check it out. Uh, and again, we want to thank Jeff Kinsley for joining the family and, uh, we can't thank you guys enough. All of you guys are amazing.
2: Yeah. I love those video chats. We've done a few of them and uh, a couple more for, you know, the, uh, the gene, uh, the demon tier and, yep. uh, anytime we've done them in the past, it's tons of fun. It's, uh, it's a nice little way for us to just, you know, say things that may not be appropriate on the show.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yes. So.
2: Yeah, you know what it means, Tom. More porn talk. Correct. That's pretty much what it's going to be. Yes. Yeah. So, Tom, what we do next, we move over to Kiss World. Um, not much going on in Kiss World other than uh, I think Gene is uh, yelling at people in their tweets. Uh, I believe I saw one he just put on just before we went on the air there, Tom. Stay in your lane, Gene. Your lane is being based in crypto. no. Is the answer to your point? How about you stay in your lane? You do not define my lane for me, and you're always welcome to go elsewhere. Uh, you got so, that one. You, you gotta love Gene.
1: Then, then there was a then there was another one. Uh, some guy commented on something that that Gene posted. Gene goes, "Dave, you don't know me. Stop talking through your ass. And your childish photo says a lot about who you are. <laughs> Have a nice day.
2: I love that." Stop talking through your ass. By the way, have a nice day. I love it. And he's watching Treadstone uh, on Hulu. It's terrific. I'm binging. He's all over the place. (laughs) Well, it's better better than some other
1: KISS members.
2: Oh, you you mean you don't want to see another uh, Paul fucking painting? I'd rather him talk about his painting, which he actually enjoys. Uh, You know, back to the studio. I have more commissions than I have time to pay. Uh, If you do what makes you happy and pleases you, you will find that others you make happy and please them too. Don't be sabotaged by those who find ways to disguise their envy and jealousy. Not everyone loves a winner. No, Now, now, bear with me here. I'm not calling Paul
1: a loser because I don't like that word. It's a very strong word. But to actually come out and say not everybody loves a winner, Dude, first of all, how long do you think it took him to carefully curate that tweet with the words? Disguise their envy and jealousy. Oh, I think that sounds good.
2: Oh, he is talented. I, I can't. I I, didn't say, I mean, his paintings are talented. And he is, uh, you know, I, I've said it. I'm, I'll say it again. I have to have money to put down that somebody will create something that I will like musically. I will bet Paul Stanley would do it more than anybody else in the world.
1: I agree his, I, his, the art gallery on the kiss cruise was actually shockingly. Really it was awesome. It was awesome.
2: He
0: just, I, I, he needs I agree to
2: relax. Like yeah. he needs to not have always feel like he's got to show somebody he's got to be something he's got Yeah. You know. I don't, I don't understand the language of this tweet. You just posted a, a, a picture
1: of a painting. It, it's wonderful. You're proud of it. And then you just go on like this random, like, it's like one of those calendars where you peel off a page 365
2: days of bullshit. Like what are you doing? He's a therapist. Wet dream. Oh God. He is. He is. He's got dude. Everything he says, you got to end every one of his positive things in comments. And then you got to end it with this phrase at the end, except Peter, Chris, fuck him. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. (laughs) It's always like he never follows advice. It's true. When it comes to Peter, it's true. Don't let the haters, you know, you should be kind to people, lift people up. Except Peter, Chris, fuck him. (laughs) Anyways, uh, I saw Tommy put something up. He's at the gym. Gotta get, gotta get in shape. Gotta get fired up. That that Gibson guitar is getting heavy. Uh, Shooting those rockets in the sky. Whoa. Yeah. and, And Eric Singh is nowhere to be found. Yeah. Ace has got the tour going again. I, I mean, he's out there doing his thing. Yeah. Uh, Creatures Fest is slowly coming upon us. Yes. Um, the cruise is sold out. Sold out. Yep. There's, you know, the tour is getting ready to go back. End of the road is starting to get back. Yep. You know, they're, they're, this is where we're at. Nothing specific in Kiss World. Um, unless you've got something, Tom, I think we just move on.
1: Let's do it. Yeah. Let's get to the Let's get to the interview.
2: Yeah. Before we go on to our interview. Tom, I, I, I don't know. I really want this part in the picture. I, I don't know what to do.
1: <laughs> well, we're back. And you can act like a man.
2: Will you go to Hollywood, and... <laughs> <laughs> what's the matter? I think going to Hollywood has made you soft.
1: Johnny Fontaine never gets that part. <laughs> and you come along with his olive oil voice and guinea charm. Okay, my Mick Kraut friend, What's he saying? and he'll and he'll make me look ridiculous, and I can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. Now you get the hell out of here.
2: Thank you. Very I much heard that. Me-
1: Thank you very much for the meal. Mister Corleone. Corleone is
2: someone who likes to hear bad news.
1: Bad news immediately.
2: <laughs> I love it. Watch the Godfather, you people. Well, Tom. You've been talking about this stuff for quite some time. You're the bootlegger of us. And uh, you got all excited because you've been talking with uh, Roy Dam for quite some time. And I'll let you build up how we got to this. Go ahead. Okay. So
1: Roy and I were talking on Facebook. We kind of caught up having a conversation about something on Facebook Messenger. Uh, I didn't know who he was. To be honest with you, we were talking about kind of something else. We, we were talking about b- movies, bootleg movies and stuff. And then we had a conversation and he said to me, um, mentioned the, sh- the podcast. And I said, holy shit, wait, what? I'm like, you, 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 you're you aware of Shout Out Loudcast and you know, make a long story short. He's, you know, he said, yes, I'm, I'm a huge Kiss fan. Um, we started talking more and more. And he said... I'm the guy behind the Kiss Vision remastered DVDs. And I said, wait a minute. Wow. Okay. That's a huge cult classic insider whispered in hushed tones amongst the Kiss world about the Kiss Vision era in the early 2000s. Yep. Um, so we started talking to me and getting really animated about his story. And I said, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Would you be willing to come onto our show and talk about this? It, it's part of history. Um, it it's, it's not something that's uh you know, a very, shall we say, Bright spot in the history of history. Uh, it involves some things that might be a little sordid in the world of Kiss and Paul and Gene specifically, but it is something that Kiss fans, specifically me, and I know that there's some out there that are uh, kind of interested in this. So we scheduled them on the show, and I'll tell you right now, brace yourself for this because Roy, to sum it up, is a character. He's a character, yeah. Very, very passionate about what he believes in. Uh, Does not mince words. There's no love lost for the band. Has very strong feelings about what he has done, what he has done for himself, the impact that he's had on the band, et cetera, et cetera. So it's pretty interesting. Um, He does a lot of talking and we let him go. Well, without further ado, here it is. All right. So this week we have a very special guest on Shout It Out Loudcast. Uh, If you're listening to the show, There's a good chance you're familiar with the term Kiss Vision uh, and what that conjures up when you think of what Kiss Vision was. If you don't know what Kiss Vision is, you're about to hear it straight from the horse's mouth because we have the man behind Kiss Vision in the story of it all, and that is Mr. Roy Dam. Roy, welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Thanks for taking some time to uh, join us and talk about this. Glad to be here, man. Thank you. Uh, As we do with every guest, uh, we just start off firing off a couple fun kiss questions. Again, we understand your relationship with kiss is a little bit different than most of our guests, but be honest. That's what this show is all about. It's about kiss and just telling it like it is. So
2: Zeus fire away with Roy, and then we're going to get into some kiss vision. Perfect. So it can, I mean, when I ask this question, I usually tell people it can be right now. It could be forever. It could be in the past. So these are specific questions on kiss. Did you ever have a, a favorite kiss member? Um,
0: I guess I was a gene guy back in the day. Okay. Um, you know, but I was, I mean, I like I like all of kiss. I mean, I, I loved Eric a lot. I mean, I, I guess if I had a favorite kiss member, it might've been Eric. Because
1: okay. Because he seemed
0: like a good person as opposed to the rest of them. So. Okay. <laughs> and you're, you're, refer- all- you're
1: obviously, you're obviously referring to Eric Carr,
0: correct? Yes. Eric, Eric Carr, K- yeah. Okay. Well, you okay. know, I actually believe it. I have crazy stories about Eric Singer as well, but uh, okay. Okay. You know, he's, you know, he's a very, very nice guy as well.
1: I believe it. Yep. Okay.
0: All right. Do you ever have a favorite Kiss song? Um, My favorite Kiss song is probably 100,000 years. Wow. Okay. So, uh, you know, I mean, but I, but actually my favorite Kiss album, I know you're probably about to ask me that. That's yeah. the next you're- one. <laughs> I'll just jump right into it. Probably The Elder. Really? Yes, it's actually me and my uh, me and my good friend, Eric, uh, from my podcast when we were doing our podcast, uh, Eric Lawton. Yeah, he uh, is actually his favorite album. And as horrible as that album is, like, you know, we love it for some reason. I mean, like, there's something about that album that's just a masterpiece. So, like, actually, I have to say that that's probably my favorite Kiss album. Nice. Nice. All right,
2: cool. Now, how many concerts have you ever been to? Kiss concerts.
0: Kiss shows. Um, I'd have to think about it for a minute, but you know, probably like not as many as you might think, maybe 50. Okay. That's That's a lot. lot. That's a a lot. lot. Yeah. But I I probably filmed
3: 45 of them.
2: Okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. So do you have a favorite kiss memory, like maybe growing up or recently
0: or? Uh, My favorite kiss memory. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of things that we were probably going to talk about. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot more than just the Kiss Vision thing. But um, yep. my favorite Kiss story is this. So you guys might be aware or remember. Um, I'm sure you do. The Kiss Unplugged Convention Tour in 1995.
1: Yeah. Yep. I was there. I so, went to the one in Boston.
0: Right. Well, I was there at Burbank, and I am actually the person who filmed the footage. Of them reuniting with Peter Chris, and without that footage, they would never truly be able to tell the story of Kiss Vision and how the reunion happened and all of that. So there's a, a side story to that. Not only did I film that footage, but I actually made it where everybody in the world could film those convention shows because I'm not sure if you remember, but in the beginning, they first did the, uh, the acoustic sets. They actually did them in Australia first. Yep. And uh, and at the time, it was absolutely no filming. Filming is forbidden, okay? So, so this is how deep I get with Kiss. So flash forward to Burbank, okay? Now, I had already made a rig that was completely hidden inside of a box that I was going to hold and film the show while I was going <laughs> to do it standing up. And I had tripods, and I was very familiar with the room and everything. But when they were doing the question and answer session, I actually, at that moment, it hits me. And I was there with uh, my first wife and uh, and they were talking to the crowd and it, it occurs to me that if I put them on the spot and I demand that they let us film, they would be the biggest dicks on earth if they didn't just let everybody film and there would be literally no <laughs> way out of it. Okay, so this is going to take me to another thing. This is a deep cut in the KISS knowledge, but okay, when you look at the, uh, the album KISS Unmasked and there's a little part with a blurb where it's all... You say you always give the fans exactly what they want. Yes. Well, then let them see your faces, and they say, "Put down the cameras, and we'll do it." It's a little blurb with Ace yep. on the album cover. Yeah. And uh, and that was actually what clocked in my head. So I I re- I bent over to my to my first wife and I said, "Hey, this is what I want you to do." When they passed the mic around, you could ask questions to kiss. I was like, "You got to say this exact thing." You got to say it with passion. So she gets up and this all exists on video. I was filming at the time. So were many people on that. Um, But uh, most of the people that were filming did not bring enough battery power or tripods to do a professional video shoot, which was what I was there to do. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I want you to get up and say to them these exact words. I want you to say, you guys always say that you give the fans exactly what they want. And I want you to say, as soon as they say that, you let them acknowledge it. I mean, I literally like coached her through the whole thing. And so, and I said, so then when they say that, you tell them that if they really want to give the fans what they want here today, they must let everybody film the show and ask everybody to please sit down so that people that are filming will be able to get the video. Okay. Because I knew that if everybody stood up, like I wouldn't be able to shoot the acoustic set, it would literally be like their heads. Yeah, you would yeah. not be able to see anything. Okay. So she gets up and of course they're passing the mic around and they say, you know, she gets up and she does it with all kinds of, you know, with all kinds of pizzazz. She's like, you guys say, you always give the kiss fans exactly what they want. And Paul's like, Oh, I don't like the sound of this. And then Jean's then like, like, you know, Oh, I think we're in trouble, you know? So like, so then she hits them with it. She's like, if you guys really want to give the fans what they want, then you let everybody here film the acoustic show. And they they were on the spot. They looked at each other. I could see it on their faces. Oh, they yeah. were like, we are fucking screwed. <laughs> We've totally, we're boxed in. There's nothing we can do. If we say no right now, everybody in this room is going to turn on us. So I knew that that was exactly what would happen. And that's exactly what happened. They looked at each other and, they, and Paul's like, well, if you love us as much as we love you then we really need you to go ahead and make sure that you can film it, but you don't sell it. So, you know, of course I'm just like, fuck yeah. You know, so that's literally, I'm videotaping this. I'm like, that's permission.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: So, so, you know, so I proceeded to film the show and then that footage has gone on to be used on countless documentaries. It first appeared um, on the kiss unplugged home video put out by MTV and kiss. Then they put it out on the second coming Then it was on all of the VH1 specials. And then most recently, this is the first time ever we can get more into this part of the story, but this was the first time ever, but the new A&E documentary, they used about three full minutes of my footage. Okay. Okay. Because I recently signed a licensing deal for the image rights to my footage with a company in Greenwich, Connecticut called American historic films. Mm -hmm. And, uh, So they actually, for the first time ever, had to pay to license that footage. Hi, guys. So this was the first time ever that KISS or A&E or whoever, like, actually had to license this footage. And I was paid a fee for the license, for the image rights of my footage. Wow. Nice. Um, KISS, of course, was involved in the documentary. So they signed off on the audio portion, making it the first time that this footage was being used. But, I mean, they actually used that footage in... um, the, the, the tour opening for the 2000 tour, if you remember at the beginning, mm-hmm. they would be coming out the stage. They would show like the history of Kiss. And mm-hmm. when they get to 1995, boom, there's my footage. OK, but you go all the way back. Let's rewind all the way back to uh, the second coming. And that was okay. the first time that they ever tried to take credit for my footage. And it said all additional footage by Tommy Thayer. Yes, yeah, we
1: talked about that, Roy. When we were kind of talking privately offline, that that they that Tommy Thayer tried to, according to you, tried to co-opt that footage. Yeah, as, I mean, own. I don't know
0: if it was an intentional thing, but I think yep. that in you know in general they just put that as like the generic you know owner mm-hmm. of who shot that footage. But the truth of the matter is, is that I filmed the show in Burbank. I made two copies on VHS, and as you know, at the time Tommy was just bringing them coffee and he was their gopher at the time. So. Yep. You know, I get that when I went to see them in Phoenix, I knew Gene and Paul really well. And I actually the whole time that I was filming for many, many years, it was always kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We know what you do. Right. Yeah. It was kind of implied that, you know, Gene was into what I was doing and everything. And he had people that would come and make sure that they got copies of every show that I ever filmed and stuff. But anyway, they just look at each other and they're like, give the tapes to Tommy. Yeah. So these tapes were given to Tommy. Two copies on VHS. And those those are the copies that they use for many, many years on all of those different projects that I told you about. And, you know, Mm -hmm. like I said, I never really got credit for it. And then actually, even in this new documentary, I was kind of upset. But um, Kurt Gooch did all the licensing and worked on all of the footage for the new documentary, as you might know. And, yep. He says it was just an oversight that they didn't put my name on it. But I was a bit upset because that was going to be the very first time that I was paid for the footage that I did. Right. I was going to get some kind of recognition and compensation. But unfortunately, at the end of the A&E documentary, it says uh, additional footage is provided by historic films in Greenwich, New York or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, right. So here we are again, 25 plus years later. And people still don't completely know that I not only arranged for all those shows to be filmed, but I filmed that show, gave kiss that show. And then VH1 and everybody has used my footage. Now, believe me, I've talked to lawyers. Mm -hmm. I was told from the get go um, that I was entitled to a percentage of every single uh, video that they ever sold for um, unplugged for the second coming Um, But things get really difficult because every lawyer that I ever talked to always said, if you go after kiss, kiss will try to come after you for the kiss vision stuff. Right. And, you know, that's a whole nother animal. We'll talk all about kiss vision and all the players and that and everything. And, um, but basically, you know, I was never able to sue KISS or VH1 because I actually had a very easy lawsuit against KISS, VH1, MTV. A lot of people that most likely would have just signed off and given me some kind of compensation, even if I never got credit. Yep. But, um, you know, and, and to be honest with you, the crazy thing is back in like 95, I remember a friend of mine in San Diego calls me up and he's like, dude, you're going to shit. <laughs> you're doing shit they use your footage on the home video and dude at the time i was just like oh my god i love kiss so much it means so much to me i you know like, money never occurred to me because when it came to me and kiss it was never about money it was about true love yeah mm-hmm. for a band yeah. and unfortunately knowing the people that kiss turned out to be and the disrespect that they've shown me and a lot of other fans but especially me i I was forced to like you know understand that kiss just isn't what I thought that they were um, mm. you know as people. I mean when you look at kiss you know you're like people like you know do you really hate kiss? It's like okay, I like kiss like people like Disneyland okay and I've used this analogy before on my show but when you first go to Disneyland you love it when you're a little kid you love it when you're a grown-up but when you go back to Disneyland as a grown-up, you realize, that Disney is really just a money sucking rat that just wants to <laughs> suck all the money out of your wallet and all of the life out of your blood, and that's what Kiss truly wanted. And I, you know, I feel like they got what they wanted because we'll get more into the story. But I mean, they essentially used me as a marketing ploy to put out the Kissology set.
1: Yeah, that's a great place. That's an awesome place to kind of stop for one second and back up. So sure. let's tell. Let's tell people. A little bit about what Kiss, Zeus and I know what Kiss Vision was. I mean, we 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 we
0: were kind of obsessed with it. Yeah, there, he, he's, <laughs> Zeus is holding on right there. And I, we see have a- the, I see that you, unfortunately, have a copy with the white line there. Oh, no. Which means <laughs> it's a multiple, like, you never got that from me, okay? I mean, no, Kiss, I got that from Tom for Christmas <laughs> years ago. <laughs> but, I mean, like, you know, Kiss, like, they think that I had, I made millions of dollars yeah. and I yes. supplied all these, they don't, you know, they, now they understand,
3: okay? Yeah.
0: But at the time, back in 2003, technology scared Kiss.
1: Well, that's the and- thing. Tell, tell us, tell it before you get into the details, Let's talk about what Kiss Vision was and how it came to be. Because at the time, okay, it was, well, wanna, it, it was yeah. one of the most unbelievable things that fans wanted. I mean, it was concerts. It was TV clip compilations. It was like interviews. It was amazing yeah, well, stuff. And it looked professional. And I remember they were accessible. And then the bottom fell out, which you're going to tell us about that. So talk to us about how right. it started. I know well, you had worked with another guy previously on some of the VHS stuff and then you kind of took the torch when it came to DVDs, right. Well, correct? Let's,
0: right. Let's let's make sure that I set the record straight because I know okay. a lot of a lot of KISS fans out there, they get mad when they think I try to take uh credit for the word KISS vision. Okay. So the oh, in right. reality The original creator of Kiss Vision was Dave Stryker. Many people know him. Kiss knows of him. Gene and Paul actually called him on the phone and demanded that he stop being Kiss Vision on VHS. This was back in the convention days of the late 90s. I don't even remember the year at this point. I'm a little rusty. But but the original creator of Kiss Vision was Dave Stryker. Another thing a lot of people don't know is that the word Kiss Vision was actually trademarked by Bill O'Coin, Back in 1981, they were gonna put out videos. Okay. And yes. the first time the Kiss Vision logo ever appeared was in the "I" video, which is a very rare video. Mm-hmm. And um so you know, essentially, you know, they shut Dave down, but Dave never really stopped. Kiss Vision continued, they had VHSs at shows for years and years and years. But then you flash forward to like, you know, 2000, 2000 and whatever year it was. I, I actually I should not be able to remember. I'd say it's 2001, 2002. Um, that was when that was when the advent of DVDR happened and you could make yep. d- DVDs on your computer. And at the time it was like a magic trick. OK, I mean, like and I you know, I somehow I had a production company up in uh, in northern uh, Washington. And uh, we had a big computer that was capable of making DVDs because you had to have a very badass computer at the time. Okay, So Mm -hmm. as a way of funding my production company, I thought, hey, if I was the first guy out of the gate with Kiss DVDs, that would blow everybody up and they would go crazy for it. Okay. So, so I did that and I made, I don't remember how, what it was at first. It was maybe, you know, 10 or 12 titles. And um, I was also really good friends with uh, the people who ran the New York kiss expo. And I, they had an exclusive on video back in the day. Like everybody thought bootlegs were rampant, but honestly it was all being ran by each and every convention. Uh, organizer, Phil Elliott, uh, whoever the guy from yep. stars, you know, who ran the New York convention. Um, you know, so at any rate, uh, you know, I had to deal with them. We're going to release these DVDs. And it was a hit. I mean, people went insane. Um, you know, I just used all the VHS tapes that Dave gave to me because yes. back in the day, I would film a lot of kiss shows and I would give them to Dave. And so as payment in return, like we were friends he would just send me boxes of kiss vision videotapes. And that's how I got all of the tapes that I used to make the DVD stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's like, it blew up from there. I mean, people were selling them on eBay. People were selling them mostly eBay you know, Kiss gets upset about this. They think I am in control and that I am making millions of dollars in their name, and that I have a warehouse with full-time employees. And <laughs> you know, they're really full of their own shit. You know, and they think that there's like millions of dollars being generated, but it was, you know, thousands of dollars, not millions. Okay, yep. I mean, it was it was small-time money in comparison to what Kiss would be able to do. And uh, you know, so. I don't know. You got any more questions or do you want me to just keep? No, I mean, I just we kind of just wanted to talk about kind of like the
1: advent of it. Like you said, you picked it up from Dave Stryker. You started doing it. It started becoming a massive hit at conventions. Um, people like us started seeing them everywhere. We have friends who like have like, you know, pretty much the entire collection. And then the bottom falls out with the lawsuit.
0: The lawsuit is really a, a tricky, crazy thing that happens. So here's where we're at with that. And a lot of people I've told these show, these stories complete and in detail with a very perfect timeline of everything from the beginning to the end on my podcast called Master Tape Theater, which aired a few years ago. We no longer do that podcast, but they're all still up on on YouTube if people want to find them and stuff. Yep. And Okay, uh, okay. You know, but, uh, so basically, um, so, you know, I, I was doing stuff at different conventions, uh, and there were so many people involved. I mean, uh, you know, I actually met, uh, the guy from, uh, three sides of the coin. What is his name again? I should, I should really remember these names. I should have made a reference page. Mike, um, Michael, is it
1: Michael Branvold?
0: Oh yes. Mike Branvold. There we okay. go. So the guy, so Mike Branvold was doing kiss expos as a guest talking about his involvement with kiss and everything. Turns out that Mike Brandbold was a giant rat who was there to take photos and find out who was the creator of kiss DVD sets. Right. Oh, so, so Michael Brandbold, you know, takes payment from Phil Elliott and other people to show up and basically be a spy for kiss. All right. So, oh, boy. I mean, dude, and you know, uh, Bruce Kulick was there. I mean, dude, I would give these guys free DVDs here, you know, and, and I was never behind the table And that's something that people need to remember that I never sold kiss vision DVDs myself personally ever. It's never happened. There's no record of that. No one can produce any piece of paper that says that they ever handed me money for kiss vision DVDs. okay? Okay. I would have deals with these convention people. They sold them. They were in charge of them. And I got a rub on the backside. Okay. Okay. so, you know, but it was also a thing where, like, you know, I was the exclusive guy who, like, helped them and everything. So Phil Elliott was kind of my right hand man. Turns out that, you know, KISS sends their lawyers to a convention in North Carolina um, to serve me with paperwork. And I wasn't even at the convention. I was not in the room. They were there to get Roy down but I was not there. So, you know, how involved was I really, you know what I mean about getting the money? So they, they didn't do their due diligence. They didn't figure things out, but they essentially dragged Phil Elliott out in handcuffs with a marshal and they confiscated. Now they told now here's the things that you need to remember about kiss. And when I say that makes them bad people. They lied to their lawyers. The lawyers lied to the courts. They told them that there would be no less than 5,000 KISS DVDs on the premises that day for sale. Where did they that's, get that that's number? That's because, we, they, because that's what they think they're worth. You know okay, what I mean? Okay. They're, they're blowing up their own worth. In reality, the North Carolina Convention was a small gathering of maybe 500 fans, 1,000 at its peak. And when they confiscated these DVDs from Phil Elliott, there were a hundred DVDs on the premises that moment that day. Now, they told lawyers and the police and everyone who was involved that there would be 5,000 units for sale. But literally, there was like, you know, 10 of this, 10 of that, like nothing. It was nothing. You know, so they get this box of DVDs from the convention. And they dragged Phil Elliott into a courtroom. And now Phil Elliott's not like me. Now, when I say I'm underground, I mean, I'm underground. I'm a ghost. You don't find Roy Dam. I don't exist. In fact, he even said in the lawsuit that they weren't sure if it was my real name. They didn't know where I lived. Nothing. So they dragged Phil Elliott into a room and they set him down and they say, we're going to take your house. We're going to ruin you for life. If you don't sign this piece of paper right here, right now, stating that Roy Dam is the creator of the Kiss Vision Remasters Edition DVDs, we have no interest in you. We're only here to get Roy Dam. So, he, of course, he signs off on it.
1: So, and tell me, let me, let me, quick question: Roy. Where? Did, how exactly did they get your name? How did they know that your okay. name was the Kiss so, Vision name?
0: So, they at the time at the convention. I had shipped a box of of blue I'm sorry of DVDs to Phil. Yep. And the idiot didn't take the label off the box. <laughs> oh god. So it had like some bullshit address and my name on it, right? So yep. there's the name. Now they know the name. They didn't even yep. know the name before, you know. But of course I think that they may have known the name from Mike Branvold and a few other people who knew things. Maybe even Bruce Kulick cuz I mean all I can tell you guys a little bit about the Bruce Kulick thing too. Okay. But, um, you know, because I was actually pretty good friends with Bruce. He's always the nicest guy. Like yes. I, Bruce, I can't say a bad thing about Bruce. Yep. And, you know, years later, he said that Kiss had no intentions of ever busting me or Phil, that they just wanted us to stop so that they could do the Kissology thing. Oh, okay. I see. And this whole thing was a marketing ploy, because if you remember when they put out the Kissology piece, their whole sales pitch on the VH1 special where they were sitting with Eddie trunk was we stopped the bootleggers so that we can finally give the fans what they want.
1: That's right. The timeline.
0: You're right. Right. When kissology came out, that's when
1: kiss vision was kind of stopped. You're right.
0: Right. So, so in reality, they were just using this as the big marketing ploy to say, we stopped all the bootleggers so that, but you know, in reality, they didn't have to do any of that. I guess maybe they just wanted to go the extra mile to try to prove that they tried to stop the Kiss bootleg people. But um, do you do you do you think that
1: Kissology was already something planned, or was Kissology a result of Kiss Vision being out well, there? And-
0: absolutely, you and each and every Kiss fan in this world should be down on their knees thanking me for what <laughs> I did because I forced their hand they knew that what I was doing was the big, they could tell on on the surface, this is what the fans really want. We've got to do this. Right. And they did, if you remember, I mean, what they put out for the kissology set was an embarrassment. They didn't crop off any of the noise lines. They didn't remaster it. They did nothing. They literally just put out the same thing that we already had only now it's official. Mm-hmm. And they, and then even then they chopped it up, didn't give fans what they wanted. Again, creating an avenue for bootleg people to have a market to continue to sell the uncut versions of these things. You know, I mean, they, they've always been sloppy. And that's what leads me to this part of the story. And this is the, the real thing. Now, Yeah, Kiss has never served me with a lawsuit. Now, they nope. came out on their website, said that they served me, they stopped me, they got me. But none of that ever happened. I was never in a courtroom with Kiss. I've never talked to Kiss's lawyers. I have not talked to Kiss other than when I went to Gene Simmons' birthday party and flipped him off. <laughs> I, I have not been in the same room with Kiss in like 20-something years, okay? So, so, you know, I mean, I guess, so here's what happens. They, they served a lawsuit to my now-dead father who has the same name as me, Roy Dan. So I was never properly served. I never lived at that address. In fact, when they sent the marshals to my dad's house, the marshals called the lawyers and said, this cannot be the Roy Dan that you guys are looking for. It's not possible. This isn't him. But my dad was a full-on gangster. He knew all about me and Kiss. He took the bullet. He demanded that they serve him because he knew that that would – basically screw up their entire lawsuit because they wouldn't be able to prove that I was properly served or that I lived at that address or anything. But the bottom line is that when they called the lawyers, the lawyers said to him, them on the phone, they said, this is not the Roy Dam that you're looking for. And they said to the marshals, we don't care, just serve whoever's standing there.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm an attorney. So you got <laughs> improper service of process. And that that's going to get fucking booted out every single day. And it just wastes everybody's fucking time. I know uh, it happens constantly. And uh, yeah, if they did that, that's just fucking laziness and stupidity.
0: Right. And I was never legally served, but they took that opportunity to say that they served a guy named Roy Dan, who was my 65 year old dad who lived at not only that, he lived in a retirement complex, a (laughs) senior home. Wow. But they're looking there, they're looking for this, you know, hot shot rock and roll guy, Roy Dam. And they found like literally my, my father who's sickly and ill. And we laughed about it the whole time, you know, because I knew that they didn't serve me and everything, but they use that as their marketing pitch that we stop the bootleggers, blah, blah, blah. They never attempted to collect the $7,075,000. <laughs> they never had any intention of it. They know I don't have $7,075,000. I don't own a car in my name. I don't own a house in my name. Like their lawyer had to have at least, you know, had enough mercy on them to say, you will never collect a dime from this lawsuit from this guy. Even if we get a judgment today. Mm you will never get a dollar because even if they had, I mean, I'm the kind of guy that would have quit my job and disappeared for the rest of my life just to avoid paying kiss. (laughs) Like there's no way they could have ever collected. There's no wages to attach. Like they were literally pissing into the wind. Yeah. At full force, full stream. I mean, just hitting themselves in the face. (laughs) Ah, you know, they're just full of their own shit, you know? (laughs) But I mean, that's the bottom line. I was never actually served and they wanted to use that as a marketing ploy. And I mean, that's sort of like a very condensed version. I mean, so what exactly how tell me how what
1: if you know for a fact or what you think, how did the Kiss Vision DVDs literally just get erased off the face of the earth? You can't find them anywhere. eBay there. I mean, I can't find them and I'm pretty good at finding anything I want on the Internet. They're they're. Well, I did mean, Kiss did Kiss get a hold of them? Or are they just gone? Or what, what's your thought well, on no, that? I, I mean, know. I
0: still have every one of the master artwork files and the discs and shit. They do. Can you, I, can you can you get Zeus the copy of the Winterland that he lost? <laughs> I can. I can literally. I can literally reproduce that set right now, here today, this very minute. I could make okay. that happen. I mean, but again. I haven't really messed with KISS since then. I mean, if KISS would have just given me the same kind of respect that they gave Dave Stryker and other people and just literally called Phil Elliott on the phone and said, we need to talk to Roy Dam. Yeah. At that time, I was still a KISS fan, okay? Right, right. I would have said, okay, okay. I won't do it anymore because it would be like knowing that your parents or your big brother or someone in your family directly hates you. Like I was devastated at first, Mm. but then it turned into a massive hatred for the band. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was just like, you know, if they would do this to me, like, where's the bottom for these people to me, you know, it's just like, they could have just said, Hey, stop. But they wanted to use me as a marketing technique or whatever so that they could sell kissology. Now in the lawsuit, which I actually auctioned off on my podcast um, when we when we launched back in the day. Yeah, I launched yeah. it and I signed it. It was like a signed copy of the lawsuit that I never received. And I did it yeah. just to smack them. But, um, you know, I mean, in reality, you know, I mean, they just, you know, they could have just asked me to stop. But in the lawsuit, there was some verbiage that I find to be very funny. And one of the things that they said was that I had done irreparable damage to the KISS trademark and name that they would never be able to capitalize on the KISS concerts that I had bastardized and put out shitty versions of that they would never be able to make their money on those now. And that was how, that was the basis of their lawsuit is that I had done all this damage to them. But let's face it. I pushed KISS to the biggest selling win of all time. that The KISSology set went diamond. That's, yeah, that's ten you're right. million copies. That's more than any album they've ever sold, any project they've ever done. If I hadn't forced their hand to put that project out, they wouldn't be able to claim that they have diamond status with the RIAA.
1: They yeah. wouldn't what, be. No, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good point. You're right. So what ex what what prompted did you just decide to say, "Fuck it" with this lawsuit? I'm just going to pull back on Kids Vision. I'm just going to stop. Or did they like hot?
0: Tell us exactly. Well, truth what, be told, Kiss Vision never stopped. Ah, um, you know, uh-huh. I mean it. You know, I mean it continued on. But that's the thing; it, they think it was me, but it was other people. Correct, correct. I mean, correct. if I give out one, and then some other guy starts making copies, making now, a now he's now he's Kiss Vision.
1: Right. Good point. You know, I mean, it was Good just point. like we
0: were all Kiss Vision and that's what they don't understand is the true power of the underground and the fact that if it wasn't for bootlegs and real fans like me and other fans that collected that stuff, Kiss would have died a long time ago. Thank I don't you. know if it would have survived. I honestly feel that bootlegs are one of the wheels on the Kiss wagon, if you will. Well, that leads me to my
1: next question, and I want to see if you have any knowledge on, on this, and if you don't have any specific knowledge, maybe a theory. We talk about vinyl bootlegs a lot. I'm a big vinyl geek. I collect bootlegs. I have I have people overseas that I deal with. I have people in the States that I deal with. The vinyl bootleg thing is unbelievable. It, it's, it's beyond belief. Why has KISS not put the clamps down on that. Is it too big of an operation well, for them to do that? What do you think? I honestly if you, do you have any that, thoughts on that? I honestly
0: believe not. Sorry to cut you off, but I oh, honestly, I honestly believe that I broke them. Okay. I, I made them understand the power of what bootlegs are and what the and that's sort want. of why people call me the King of bootlegs. I mean, I, you know, I'm not just trying to toot my own horn or pat myself on the back, but to, yeah. to, I am the king of bootlegs. I have dedicated my entire life to the preservation of underground footage of rock bands. And I'm a one in a million kind of guy, but I think that when they, Tried to stop Kiss Vision. They they got such a black eye from the fans. Hmm. How can you guys do this to these fans? It was kind of like Metallica and Napster. Yeah, I was yeah. just going
1: to say that. Exactly.
0: And they fully pulled back themselves and said, whoa, like we're upsetting like our core, our base. And I don't know if that really matters to them or who it matters to. Maybe Tommy Thayer might be the voice of reason in all this. I don't know. Yeah. But um you know but in reality I think that I broke kiss and I made them understand that they can't control it.
1: Yeah, they can't. They can't especially nowadays with the technology that we have now as opposed to what they had back in the early 2000s it's 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 impossible and that's why I think the the vinyl bootleg stuff, I mean every 3 to 4 months there is a whole new supply of of concerts compilations demos outtakes. Some of them are amazing quality, some of them are shit. But yeah. they, 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 they've they been going on for a long, long time. And right now, they're, they're it's stronger than ever. And I find it really, you know, when we were having you on and talking about Kiss Vision, I, I said, you know, how has Gene Simmons not tried to put the clamps on this? But I think it's, he can't cast that wide of a net.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, I, I think that if they're smart, they just realize that anything that they do they could make all of the money, just like they did with Kissology, right? They said that I was doing irreparable damage to them. But in reality, it only fueled the fire for them to have a 10 million hit. And it's interesting,
1: too, because recently, again, I'm not sure how big of a Kiss fan you are and how much you pay attention to them. But they just last year launched that off the soundboard series where they're
3: releasing,
0: where they're releasing, you know, their version of bootlegs now. Well, so let me tell you real quick. There's actually, uh, now what I did with the Kiss Vision stuff, like it was, it was, you know, it was really not great. I mean, at the time it was considered amazing, but since that time, there have been other people that have taken these tapes from Dave Stryker and done, you know, true digital extractions and they have remastered these things and they're better than any Kiss Vision thing that I ever put my hands on. There's a guy who goes by the name Mickey G and he's a remastering guy and we actually had a a brief time together and he actually remastered every show that I filmed of kiss like my actual footage that I had filmed not you know so you know i mean he made the stuff sound better and look better than my master tapes because of the technology that we have now you can do that mm-hmm. but in reality most of this footage is permanently trapped at 480 and it can never be 1080 blu-ray It can never be the great quality that people want it to be. It's trapped at 480 because it was shot on video. Very little KISS film exists from the 70s and 80s. There's very little of it that could actually ever truly be 1080 HD because in order to achieve 1080 HD, you have to have a real scan of a real film. You know, whether you have 480, which is video, you can only upscale that. And most of the time, if you upscale something that's 480 to 1080, unless you're a master of the craft of what you do, you're only distorting it and making it worse. Okay. So, you know, I mean, like, you know, that stuff is permanently trapped at 480. It's never going to be better than the DVDs. But if anybody really wants to collect, you know, bootleg DVDs of Kiss, get all of the the stuff from Mickey G. And here's another part of the story that people don't know. So uh, A few years back, I was I'd started a legacy project um, called Master Tape Network. Yeah. And I put every show that I ever filmed up there for free for the fans. And I actually there was another guy, sort of a side story, a guy named Michael Archer, who is like the world's biggest scumbag video guy. He's hated by thousands of Kiss fans. I hate him. His parents hate him. We all hate this guy. Okay. But, uh, you know, I'm sure he hates himself, you know, but at any rate, he is one of the, the big video pirate guys now. Right. And he, you know, so uh, we had a little bit of a falling out. We had been buddies for a minute and he found out that I was kiss vision and he wanted to be my best friend and get every show that I ever filmed and stuff. And he was very disrespectful to me one day online. So as a form of, punishment. I told him, I'm going to destroy your business effective immediately. You can just close up shop. It's over. Oh, and he was like, you know, you motherfucker, <laughs> what are you going to do so? I said, watch and see. So within 24 hours, I had started a group called Free Kiss Bootleg DVDs for Life. <laughs> and the the group grew to 5,000 members in less than 48 hours. Okay. On this group, I would basically say here's the artwork. Here's the files. If anybody wants this, put your email address in the thread and you will be sent a link and directions on how to make your own kiss bootlegs from the master quality, everything. And I did that just to put Michael Archer out of business. And I pretty much did put him out of business. He's never been the same. I guess he still has some sort of a private group on Facebook and he sells KISS bootlegs still to this day on some some level. But for about two years, I started this legacy project because I thought that I was gonna die. I weighed 460 and like 60 pounds at the time.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: And I lost 260 pounds doing that legacy project. Okay. Wow. Like I, I got myself healthy again and I, you know, I'm now weighing in at like 250. I'm a normal, you know, reasonable level of fat now. You know, a lot of people always thought Roy's like this big fat fuck and everything. And they always, they would meet me at the conventions and I was huge, but, and, and, you know, it's really weird too, because Michael Archer is this huge 475, maybe 500 pound dude. And I'm like, why are all the Kiss bootleg guys such fat fucks? I was a fat fuck. He's a fat fuck, you know what I mean? But I managed to lose the weight. But anyway, back to the story. I started this group free kiss bootlegs for life and we gave away for free well over a million kiss bootleg DVDs. So to me, to me, that was giving back and showing, trying to show what's left of my fandom to these people to just be like, okay, look, you know, I, these bootlegs took care of me my whole life and I want everybody to have them for free. Yeah. And that's what I did. I put everything up for free. I gave away the files and, you know, people went crazy for it. And, you know, hundreds of thousands of these people have these files now and they're being passed around. So if you want to know why Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley know they can't stop it, I'm pretty sure that they were aware of the, the free kiss bootlegs for life. I'm pretty sure they're aware of that now those files are passed around freely on computers in a matter of minutes. Yep. And if you know how to do what I know how to do and you know how to print the stuff out, then you, too, can be Kiss Vision from the master source. You know, so, I mean, I basically made hundreds of thousands of guys who are just like me now. So it's an unstoppable fire. They can never stop it. There's probably no reason for them to try. Right.
2: Right. Yeah. And it it also helps that you're judgment proof. That's, That's another thing, too. And you're smart about it. You
0: know? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I think it was a lucky break that they didn't do their due diligence and that they were sloppy and served my dead father who had the same name. And and here I am right now on your show, and I've already acknowledged it on my podcast. And, you know, it's pretty simple. There's there's nothing to take from me. Yep. Yeah. I don't want right. anything from them and they don't want anything from me. And if they're smart, they just stay away because if they didn't stay away, I, who knows what I might do. You know, I mean, I've already created a 100,000 other Kiss Visions that were just as big and just as powerful as me. And now we're all Kiss Vision. You know, I mean, I don't really think I can do any more to Kiss than I've already done. You know, I mean, on my podcast, I really just wanted to tell everybody the true story of what happened because, I mean, literally for 20 years, I didn't tell anyone. I had yeah. people offer me book deals, and I was always like, What's the use in putting out a book that no one's gonna read? So I turned my life story into my podcasts, which was not just the story of me and Kiss, but the entire story of the underground archive of rock and roll. On my show, I interviewed. You know, every other major bootlegger in the business, Kevin Weinstein from New York, Joe in Philadelphia, people that really follow bootlegs really know these names. And I had them come on my show. We told the story of the magic we created and the importance of bootlegs. Because, I mean, when you think about bootlegs, I mean, I feel like I'm more of a spokesperson for the power of the underground and the underground archive. Because when you think about, say, a band like Motley Crue, something independent of KISS. Yeah. If it wasn't for bootlegs, if it wasn't for Pierre and Eric in Montreal filming the Shout at the Devil concert, there would literally be no moving pictures of Motley Crue from the Shout at the Devil era, a full production video. If they had it, you know that we would have seen at least a minute of that footage. Mm. They use that bootleg footage on the VH1 driven They use that footage on every single time when they want to talk about the shout, the devil tour, they are forced to show bootleg footage, just like kiss is forced to show that bootleg footage Mm -hmm. that I had a legal release for from the band. I had a verbal legal release to film that show. And, you know, if it wasn't for me, they could not tell the complete story of kiss vision. Think about it. When you get to 1995, it would just be, you know, a black screen it would just be like and then peter chris showed up in mm. burbank and that's what spur- spawned our reunion like they need that visual mm. they didn't have a camera there if kiss had a camera in burbank in 1995 don't you think they would have been smart enough to use their own professional beta cam footage that they filmed there that night no they were weighing and riding on the backs of the underground me mm. Wow. If it wasn't for me carrying Kiss to the finish line, they couldn't tell their story. So if Gene Simmons watches this or any of the other cunts that fucking have anything to do with Kiss, <laughs> watch this. Just remember, you need to thank me, not persecute me. And if they were smart, they would hire me today. Because even though they've put out Kissology, even though they have made a $10 million sell, I know that there are ways that KISS has never tapped into. I know how to touch those fans in a way that they'll never know because I was one of them. Yeah. Why do you think those KISS Vision covers made everybody want them so desperately, so badly? Because when you hold one of those, you go, this looks real. This is what I would want it to be. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And that's how I approached making those covers when I did them. I want this to look the way it's supposed to look. Mm-hmm. And if KISS was smart, they'd hire guys like me to say, How have we not made money? What's a new way that we can make money? Because yeah. I could teach them, you know, but that costs money. And they always say, you know, Paul loves to say, KISS doesn't do bootleg, doesn't do business with bootleggers. <laughs> but in reality, they do lots of business with bootleggers. Yeah. They just don't know it.
2: Well, I'll tell you something interesting. We always say kiss is the most visual band and the lack of videos. Anytime we've had guests, we've had, we bitch about guests, it all the time. The most visual band has like the weakest catalog of videos and everybody oh, where's kissology for, where's the rest of the shit. Everybody's always bitch about this, but I feel and Tommy and I have talked about this many times, their inner circle sucks. As much as like, oh, we sell this, we have this many copyrights, we have the most uh, fucking merch and all this shit. They don't have the merch knowledge of like the real Kiss fan, what the real Kiss fan wants. And you said it perfectly. There's a reason why people jumped at your box and said, holy shit, rather than this fucking piece of shit off the soundboard cover. They don't get it, and it's they're true. surrounded it, by yes men and well, people to give that... stupid, uh, stupid advice. Not kiss fans, real, and fans.
1: that's why. And that's why we wanted to have you on, Roy, to tell your story because we we know you're passionate about this, and you have every right to be. But because the Kiss Vision name and your involvement in it, but the kit, those Kiss Vision products, you said it perfectly a few minutes ago. When you saw those box covers and held them in your hand and flipped it over and saw the contents and put it in and watched it, you were like, Jesus Christ, this is what I want from the band. They're not right. giving it to me. So thank God Kiss Vision exists. And I'll tell you right now, I remember when Kiss Vision kind of, you know, went away, quote unquote. And I was like, God damn it. I mean, Kissology came out and it was a, a nice placeholder, but it wasn't Kiss Vision.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I totally agree with you. And when you say that they have a lot of yes-men around them and stuff, I believe that Tommy Thayer was the voice of reason for a lot of the good things that Kiss has managed to put yeah. together, like uh, yeah, the second I, coming I, yeah, home I agree video. video. Yep. I mean, you know, because that's because he's coming from a place as a real fan. I mean, yeah. here's the funny thing about me and Tommy Thayer. Like, I knew Tommy Thayer, like, when he was in Cold Gin. Yeah. yeah. I actually okay. booked them. Sh- I booked shows for, for cold gin in San Diego. Wow. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I knew them when he was just a fan, even though he had, you know, he had, his, he was, had his foot in the door because of black and blue with kiss, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, I do believe that the only real fan that ever helped them in any capacity, put out products that the real fans would really want was Tommy Thayer. Mm. And, you know, I mean, you know, you meet a lot of fans and they think, oh man, I'm the guy who should really help KISS and really tell them what they want. But unfortunately, they didn't take a cue from the KISS Vision Remasters DVDs and say, we don't need to sue this guy. We need to hire this motherfucker. I was just going to say that
1: now. Yep, exactly, exactly.
0: You know, I mean, a lot of people maybe do or don't know, but uh, Kurt Gooch, who is the author of the the best selling book, uh, Kiss Alive Forever, which is an amazing yeah. masterpiece we, book. And we have everybody it. uses it as a reference in a Bible. And, you know, yep. I have actually known Kurt Gooch since I was 17 years old. Coach, okay. Kurt, Kurt Gooch is actually the guy that taught me how to film bootlegs. Oh, OK, he. He showed me how to get cameras in like I had never filmed. He filmed before me. I mean, he, on, he was on my podcast and we did a video called I Was a Teenage Bootlegger.
1: Okay. And uh,
0: we told the story of how he filmed shows back when he was 15, 16, 17. Now, he's gone on and done many legitimate projects. And, you know, and I don't want to mess up his gig, you know, by divulging too much, even though I probably have here today. But I mean, you know, it's just like Kiss doesn't know that Kurt Gooch works for them, really but yeah. he does. Yeah, He's the guy that they go to when they wanted to put together the new A&E special, Kurt Gooch, when they wanted to put together kissology, Kurt Gooch. I walked into Kurt's house. He's got a giant pla- uh, diamond status award for kissology on his wall. That is 10 foot tall. That only two in the world exists. One was made out to Gene Simmons and one was made out to Kurt Gooch. Nice. So Kiss, Kiss can say every day that they don't work with bootleggers. But Kurt Gooch was a bootlegger when he was just a kid. Yeah. So therefore, KISS does indeed work with bootleggers and they rely on bootleggers to light the way for them to make their money. And if anybody from KISS, you know, is just, hey man, I'm still hireable.
3: Yeah, that's right. right. You know, I mean, right.
0: I can let bygones be bygones. You know, I mean, cash is king. Just hit me up. And I will show you guys the secrets of what the underground really wants. I would love to be the guy that does that. I would love for things to be better between me and Kiss. You know, I mean, like I will always miss the fandom that I did have at one time. Okay. I mean, hmm. but unfortunately, knowing them as humans and not as Kiss, like I said, when you look at Kiss, it's like seeing Mickey Mouse or Goofy at Disneyland. You love Kiss. Like I love the visual of Kiss. I love everything that they did, but what's happening now to me is mostly sad. You know I mean? Like I, I do still follow Kiss. I do. I'm aware of every single thing that they do, but it's like, it's like a car wreck. You don't want to look and see the dead body, but you have to. (laughs) And I like to peek around the door every now and then and be like, oh my God, these motherfuckers are still despair, you know, being a disgrace to the name kiss. Mm. When are they going to stop? Like, when, yeah. what is it going to take? You know, I mean, like, here we are. And, you know, the pandemic to me has sort of given them a little bit of a way to make maybe everybody will forget that we promised we were going to quit.
1: It's true. Yes. The pandemic was actually a little breath of life for them, ironically, to keep their career continuing because that final show was supposed to be last summer in New York.
0: Yeah. I mean, who knows if there'll ever be a final show? I, I truly believe yeah. that when Kiss when Kiss stops that it will, you know, touring that they will continue to do some types of appearances to continue yep. to milk the name because that's what they do. Yep. And, and another thing too, I mean, even though I said that I could be hired and help kiss make money, I mean, in reality, dude, I got to say, it's all disgusting to me. And when is enough enough? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a good question. Zeus, you know, you I know money. that
0: their their mentality is that's what losers say who have never made money. Gene likes to say <laughs> that's the people that don't understand you know capitalism and money and the power of the dollar. But it's just like no man. There's a thing called cooth. There's a thing called you know self respect, and you guys have lost that a long time ago. And they they're proud of it. You know I mean and I, and now I, I like to say I've been free of the oppression of Kiss collectibles for many years. And I, you know, I don't, I don't support their products anymore. So, you know, I mean, they don't really have to worry about me. I don't have anything to do with kiss and kiss doesn't have anything to do with me. You know I mean? But that's probably it in a nutshell, man. I mean, yeah. Zeus, you had one more question.
2: Yeah. I just want to, (laughs) and it's funny because Kurt had reached out to us if he could use some of our footage because we did an episode on the end of the road coming up when they first announced the tour, we had just started. And he had reached out to us and said, "Hey, can I use some of your footage? Do you have anything uh, for this biography that's coming up?" That was way, you know, as as the beginning stages of this. And you remember yeah. it, uh, me and you, Tom. I'm like, "Isn't that the isn't that the release police guy?" That's what <laughs> we used to ca- that, that yeah. that's
1: what we used to call. Yeah, when we were talking, we 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 have Kurt's book. We love him, but we call him the release police as a joke because every time Kiss says, "Oh, on this day in 1976, <laughs> yeah. Kiss did this." Kurt
0: will get on Facebook. we like, wrong. It was this date. Well, like, how the hell does he know all this? Shit? Well, I mean, let me tell you, I got to say right off the bat, I mean, you know, I'll tell you the truth about Kurt. Sure. But I, you know, I mean, dude, I mean, I love Kurt Gooch. Yeah. He's a great, a great person to know. And we've known each other since we were kids. And, you know, it was shocking to a lot of people when he came on my podcast, they were like, he really does know him. This is really true. And we told all the stories on the show yeah. and everything, but I will always remember that back in 96, 97 when they were doing the reunion tour, Gooch would be going to libraries in all these cities, interviewing any person that had anything to do with Kiss and doing his due diligence and becoming the authority on Kiss that he is. Yeah. And I respect that, like to the highest levels, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. We were just
1: having fun every, cause 'cause you could count on an official kiss, Facebook post celebrating, you know, the anniversary of, you know, alive. And then there'd be the Kurt Gooch comment and it would just make us chuckle. You know, he's a good guy and he knows his shit. We have his book and we use it a lot for a resource, but it was just something, you know, I mean, God would love to have Kurt on the show to talk about that. You know, a
0: lot Uh, of the fans actually like to call him cunt, gooch oh jesus i mean i i mean honestly i mean the the bottom line is is that he's you know he's he's loved by many and hated by just as many yeah you know and i mean it's probably because he has things that they want yeah i mean kurt has acquired some of the only footage that and all of his stuff is film
3: and can actually be
0: scanned to 1080 now a lot of the things that he owns are fan films that were shot from the audience and he's the guy who did all the work And he's the guy who deserves to get paid for it. And I know that he's still milking Kiss. I'm sure he got paid a pretty penny for Manny for using the footage that he allowed them to use. But, you know, that was a great opportunity for Kurt Gooch to prove that he is what he says he is. And he has what he says he has. Just like, you know, me doing a lot of the things I've done. I finally got a chance to prove that I was who I said I was. and I really did do all of those things because when it comes to me and kiss and me and Kurt and people in kiss in general, like a lot of people can tell their kiss story. And it's kind of like, Oh man, I caught a fish this big, but I really did catch a fish this big. You know what I mean? Like I filmed kiss. I'm the guy who helped them put their legacy where it was, whether they liked it or not. And that's the beauty of the underground, man. I mean, you know, we don't ask for, we don't ask for permission. We ask for forgiveness, yeah. I
1: like it. I like it. And,
0: you know, there's a, there's, you know, it's easier to do just that, you know, I mean, you yeah. just ask for forgiveness is much easier to ask for permission because red tape and litigation and rights holders and all that bullshit that goes with putting out official releases is what has ruined fandom and real rock and roll. And if it wasn't for the underground, we wouldn't have what we wanted. Bottom line.
1: It's a great way to wrap it up. Roy before we let you go, do you have, are you doing anything right now that people can kind of get involved? You you see, I see you got a little shit eating grid on your face. I'm, I'm, um, I'm asking you, I'm not telling anybody anything. Yeah, Roy, wink, Dam,
0: wink. Roy Dam will always be around in some capacity. Even if it's not me, you'll always know that it's me. I mean, uh, you know, I will always have my foot firmly placed in the underground and giving people what they want in some way. But, you know, I mean, I just, you know, I just have this thing about giving people what they want. In fact, and yep. one of the other things before I go, they said in that lawsuit that I had a very abrasive attitude when it comes to intellectual property rights. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's not really abrasive. It's just more like I'm not putting up with any shit and, you know, sue me all day because I don't care. You'll never get anything.
1: Nice. Roy, we can't thank you enough. This has been absolutely one of our... uh most interesting. And uh, I, I can't wait for everybody to hear this. So we can't thank you enough for taking some time and telling us uh, a really unique story that not a lot of people know. So again, thank you. We've had you for about an hour and we really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for hooking up with us. All
0: right. Thanks a lot, guys. It's Roy, fine to be thank here. you I'm very to much. It. All right, Roy.
1: Bye. Thank you, buddy.
0: One. All right. Yeah, you appreciate
2: too. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. So Tom, First time talking to Roy. What'd you think? Yeah. uh, Interesting
1: to say the least. I mean, he, like I said, he is a character, very, very passionate. Um, You know, his story can be verified. Uh, There's some information. uh, Blabbermouth had a report about the lawsuit, Uh, the information. uh, I've seen other stories, other podcasts, others kind of online things about what he said about his story with the the Burbank footage uh, that he was responsible for uh, the lawsuit, the conventions, the kiss vision DVDs. Uh, You know, again, you're going to make your judgment based on this interview. Uh, Again, he said some pretty kind of explosive things. His opinions are obviously very, very strong about where he stands in terms of what he did and Paul and Gene and how he feels about the band, how he feels about himself as a kiss fan. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Again, It's something that KISS fans out there are interested in. Uh, And one thing I do want to say is during the interview, I told him that, you know, KISS vision stuff is kind of hard to find. It's kind of off the map. Well, later on, after the interview, I did some rolling around on Facebook. There's groups out there. This stuff is still being made. Uh, And as he said, it's kind of hard to stop it from being made. It's not 2003 anymore. It's 2022. The stuff is still being made, not by Roy, but I think he knows the people that are involved in it. Um, so the bootleg world is huge, whether it's vinyl, DVDs, CDs, it's it's out there. Uh, and I know a lot of fans, including some of our Patreons, commented on this about how they're aware of KISS Vision. A lot of them own them. We have friends who own them. We own some. Um, and I just thought the story is it's unique. It's not your typical episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, not your typical guest. Um, but I thought something like this kind of get in the weeds of kind of that underground world. And um, he delivered, he was an interesting and a really unique guest, to say the least.
2: Yeah, sometimes, Tom, we, got, we uh, take like uh, advantage of the fact that we have a podcast and we want to get certain people on yeah. that we think are extremely interesting. Maybe the listeners don't, whatever, but we enjoy. Yeah. Hal Sparks, for me, was one. I always find him fascinating and funny, and I enjoy his commentary on online, social media, and he's a huge Kiss fan. I yep. don't know people are going to like it, but from the uh, episode reaction and downloads, you did. Uh, this one was one for Tom. I'm not a big bootlegger. I don't get into live bootlegs and things like that. Uh, I don't. Uh, I, I had one kiss vision. I'm fucking still pissed that I have the box, but I can't find the fucking DVD. The you might, one.
1: You might have a new version coming soon. <coughs> <you. clears throat> <coughs> so from what, I, from, what I, from what I heard.
2: Yeah, and. Um, but I remember you and Kasada Yep. when you know one time had this conversation and he showed us and he has like fucking every kiss vision thing there is. Yep. He's got this huge collection and I remember you guys talking about us. I'm like yeah I remember seeing some of this stuff but I you know I didn't even go went to kiss conventions. I didn't know any about this stuff. This is something right up your alley and I, you know he is an absolute character the best way i would describe him it'd be like raw like, i was gonna say the exact was same no thing, filter yep. raw and you know he used the word underground he ain't fucking shitting you no so you know i get to put on my uh, uh attorney hat when he starts talking about yeah they couldn't find me they served my dad i'm like okay improper service you're gonna knock out any lawsuit from that okay and then he's like yeah i got nothing in my name not no cars nothing i'm like yeah so you're judgment proof yeah yep yeah. and my mind is going so you're like uh rachel gordon right <laughs> like you got nothing <laughs> so you you good luck is finding you and when they do good luck them getting something from you so i find that shit fascinating he is a very much a character pretty true to himself he believes his stuff wholeheartedly? Whether you guys or I or Tom are agree with him in his philosophy 100%? Eh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I I understand where he's coming from when he says about artistry and the bootleggers and things like that. The way I see it is like those bootlegs that footage of stuff that nobody else has and nobody has it as good as he did in the old days, those are priceless. And He's those right. should be rewarded financially. Yeah, but I, I do see the point of the band. What good is me putting out a fucking album if people can buy it and get it for free? So I, I understand that. And then you do have that conflict that you're trying to be like. Uh, you're trying to be like a rock and roll is always about rebellion and fucking going against society and the knee in the in the in um, the rules, and then you come up with. Uh, Napster and Metallica. Yep. That made Metallica very uncool. Gene Simmons going to conventions and fucking with the police and shit. That is very uncool. Yep. At some point, you see the artist's complaint because now you get shit like Spotify, which I can't fucking stand. And I'm with people. I'm with the artist. I buy CDs. Tom buys vinyls. Like, I want the physical copy. And I, and I enjoy giving... The artists, their money. I believe in that shit. But there's also the stuff that Roy was doing. He should have been compensated for that shit. And um, I, you know, I I believe he's 100% sincere. There's no bullshit in what he's saying. No,
1: no. And it was interesting, too, again, coming from kind of like the bootlegger or the the Facebook auction stuff. The name Phil Elliott. Phil Elliott did a, a Facebook auction last night. He's been around for years in the, in the convention circuit. Uh, he's on the cruise every year. He does Facebook auctions all the time. You heard his name mentioned in Roy's story. Um, one of the most fascinating parts of his story, and we can decide the veracity of his story. I'm sorry, big word. Uh, back up. Uh, we can, we can you know, debate the, the truthfulness of the story is that the timeline is right, where once Kiss Vision got shut down, Kiss released the Kissology DVD box sets. So I thought that was kind of an interesting an interesting take on the story was that they wanted those Kiss Vision things stopped so that they could go sell 10 million copies of Kissology Volume
2: 1, 2, and 3. And the other great part was that the fact that he kind of tips his hat to Tommy. So as bad as Kiss is not understanding the fans and not getting it, yeah. he's like, can you imagine when he's explaining this? Like, no, Tommy's not as bad. Tommy actually helped. Tommy put the visual... I'm like, imagine if Tommy wasn't there. Holy yeah. shit, how yeah. bad it really would be yep. if Tommy wasn't there. Yep. And I bet you how much how much pushback he gets when he brings up, guys. Why don't we play this? No, I'm not yeah. fucking saying another word. It's Tommy, true, you know, and things yeah. like that. And I and I and I, <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> the other part, we didn't know that shit was coming. Oh, you no. know, the part in the middle where he was talking about somebody fucking ratting on there
1: yeah another show that people have heard of we didn't know where he was going with that so uh <laughs> what the fuck? if you if we if we ever released the video footage of this uh the looks on our faces and reactions when he went down yeah. that rabbit hole was uh there don't quite be interesting. the
2: fucking uh second rap oh they were fucking shit not we weren't doing shit we didn't know that was coming oh no 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 but, but hey. again Roy
1: but again Roy was a character very very passionate you know you, you you listen to his story you you take it for what it is um and and to be honest with you I'd really be interested whether you guys want to send us emails or 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 private DMs what's your experience with Kiss Vision do you know Roy are you are you aware of his story have you had any involvement with him or any of the names he mentions any of the players Um, again, I, I find this stuff fascinating, you know, I'm a merch guy, I'm a bootleg guy. Zeus is kind of not, and and this stuff really intrigues me, especially when a regular citizen has a run-in with the band. I just find it, you know, kind of the underground dirty details of being a KISS fan. So, um, I found it fascinating. I'm interested to see what you guys think. And again, if you know Roy, and if you have any experience with, uh, with KISS Vision, so please let us know.
2: Yeah, Tom, uh, what we do next we go and do our question of the week.
1: And our question of the week, again, is brought to us by our good friend, Patreon and Shout It Out Loudcast fan, Joe Decker and his company, Fusion Tech Data and Electric. This week's question of the week is brought to you by Fusion Tech Data and Electric. Fusion Tech is a recognized communications contractor specializing in the construction, splicing, testing, and documentation of all types of fiber optic networks. Along with that, Fusion Tech Electric can service all of your electrical construction needs, commercial, industrial, and utility, as well as electrical substation work at all UPS and DC power plant installation. Fusion Tech currently operates throughout the five boroughs of New York City, as well as New Jersey and the tri-state area, providing union labor with IBEW Local Three in New York City and IBEW Local One Sixty Four and Local One Hundred Two in New Jersey. For more information about Fusion Tech, visit their website at Fusion Dash LLC.com or call them at 973
2: 650 1357. Yeah, Fusion Tech and Joe Decker. Yes, we London love Joe. Patreon superstar. That's right. Um, Give them some love. Make sure you guys go visit them. Check out their website, especially if you're in the tri state area. And uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. And our question of the week comes from Anthony on Facebook. And he just quickly says recently in the news, Paul commented on kiss meets the Phantom of the park for the first time in a million years, kind of had some funny things to say about it, but the fact that he actually acknowledged it, does that mean that there is going to be any kind of remaster Blu-ray box set? Do you think they're going to re-release this? because the only official release we have is on kissology and it's the attack of the phantoms. So Zeus, do you think with Paul speaking about phantom acknowledging it, does that mean, cause this, this year would is going to be the 44th anniversary of phantom of the park came out in 78.
2: Yeah, it would be the 45th or the fifth. Right. At okay. some point they're going to do it. It's going to be a catch cow for them at some point. I think they'll do it and they'll do it in their own way. Paul will try to deflect. And act like, oh, I was never serious about this. And now it's, you know, okay, I'll play along. But I don't see them doing anything anytime soon. They have a, I'll put it this way. After Paul talked about it this way, there's a better chance of them doing it because of that. And I would expect either to be 45th year or the 50th, something like that.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think this is one of those things where I think KISS kind of has to stop taking everything so goddamn serious and, look back and say, Hey, you know what? It's a cult classic kiss fans love this people kiss fans get together and watch it together. They have a good time, have a couple beers, laugh at it, enjoy it. Um, people love some of the merch that came out around that era. They love that era itself. You know, the love gun costumes, the concert at the park. Um, so I, I would like to see something come of this. You're right. Next year will be 45 years. Um, and maybe Paul talking about it. Maybe that is something in the works. Um, you know, again, I think it's kind of cool to talk about it. And it, we say this many times. It pisses me off when Paul looks back in history and kind of shits on their own stuff. For, so for him to kind of have a little bit of a wink and a smile with Phantom, I, I kind of enjoyed that. So uh, thank you, Anthony. Facebook question of the week. And thank you, Fusion Tech Data and Electric, for once again sponsoring our question of the week. Tom, where can people find us? You can find us on our awesome new interactive website, shoutoutloudcast.com. And, of course, end-of-the-road madness, we're in the thick of it right now. By the time you hear this, we're going to be in the middle or done with round two, depending on when you hear this. So the tournament's ongoing. Polls are on our website. They're on Twitter. We got brackets. Uh, It's an exciting time for a shout-out loudcast for KISS fans and for our website. So please check us out there. Uh, There are ways for you to send us messages and comment on everything. So it's shoutoutloudcast.com. And of course, our email, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. You can please email us. As you know, we read them. We talk about them. Uh, So please do that. And of course, our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all them. We're very interactive. You can send us DMs on that. Please check us out. Uh, Hopefully, you're already following us on all three. Uh, And again, our wonderful Patreon family. We want to thank Jeff Kinsley for joining the party uh, he's our newest member, so please check that out. Patreon.com. Or you can download the Patreon app, search for us. Uh, we got a lot of fun things coming up, as we said. You guys helped create the tournament. We got ARC, we got a drunk live cast coming up, maybe with uh, the demon tier soon. We're going to let you guys know what's going on with that. Uh, so please check that out. And of course, we're part of the wonderful Pantheon podcast network of shows. Check those out. We're proud to be part of that. Tons of great shows, all different genres. So check them out, too. You can go to PantheonPodcast.com. You'll find us and a bunch of other great shows that you should check out.
2: Yeah, Tom, we always like when people give us DM on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We appreciate those. We try to get back to as many people as we can. But unfortunately, uh, feedback is, uh, as you can tell from the beginning of the episode, is gotten uh Pretty out of hand, and that's a good thing. It's a good problem to have, yeah. Exactly. And our YouTube subscriptions are, uh, I, I you know, I was talking about getting to 500. We're way past that now. Our next goal, 600. Get us there by subscribing to our channel. And uh, We get our feedback on YouTube is so much more than it used to be. Yeah. Uh, the comments there, the interactions, the downloads, the views the actual um, subscriptions, please continue that. And then the other thing we always ask that you uh, do for us is give us one of those five star Star. (laughs) child reviews on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, uh, podchaser.com. There's another one out there that we uh, want uh, you guys to, you know, if you start listening to, you can give us uh, reviews on, and that is good pods. Yes. That's another upcoming podcast app,
1: yep. good pods. Check that out. Um,
2: yeah. You can use that to listen to your downloads and, uh, find us on there. And if you can give us a, a five-star, uh, review there as well. Again, I like to repeat now the website where you can keep up with all the March madness tournament updates you can look at the prior polls and see how the hell people are that insane to knock let's put the x in sex out early
1: because all America man's better
2: oh my god there is some i think it's winning right now too unbelievable that song is so fucking out of nowhere coming on strong but <laughs> i know anyway the you want to catch up on all the march march madness stuff go to the website uh, there's tons of stuff for you guys to review. You can look at the rankings, the reviews, everything, ARC, Zeppelin, you name it, it's on the website. And if you want to, feel free to email us at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Uh, we, lo- we, we always read the emails, uh, and uh, most of the time, we'll read them on the air. So thank you, guys. Uh, and Tom, what we like to do next is... Uh, give us some uh, famous last words, lyrics from Kiss albums.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I tie you to the rings. I feel your fever rise. We love to do the things that others fantasize.
2: Oh, that's nice.
1: Da-na-na-na-na-na-na.
2: Because I'm the kind of guy who (laughs) likes getting high. Getting high and dry. And I do it all the time. Now I am much too high. I am high and dry. And I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling good all the time.
1: That's gonna be the worst lyrical thing I've ever heard. That is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but you, Ace Cultures, out there, enjoy it. <laughs> fucking horrible song. Painful.
2: <sighs> Roy, damn! Thanks for coming on, Tom. Kiss Army, loudcasters. Thank you, Roy. Damn! Thank
1: you, uh, everybody. Thank you so much. Our uh, Patreons, Loudcasters, everybody, we love you guys so much. Thank you. And Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out,
2: Girl Scout. And I hope that their first child be a masculine child.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.